<laughs> he's gonna make a couple memes while we're sitting here. Yo, dude, dude he's gonna fucking roast fucking us. Jabroni. Welcome to the LFG nineteen oh four show. It's your boy B Graph. Yeah! I'm joined by Dustin and I'm joined by Rafa. You know the deal. Boys, I don't know if it's really fucking set in what we're fucking doing today. Yeah, I know. It's no, it, it feels pretty real. Yeah, no, it's really real. We got a fucking legend up. in the game. Yes. Sitting in front of us. Not, no, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> he said no. Well, in my I, eyes. Don't yeah. put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Oh, let's welcome to the show. Jay's from The Fast Life. What's up, man? What's up, guys? Thank yeah. you for having me on. You've been on a marathon lately. Yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, it's it's called motorcycling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some people do it in real life, not just on social media. Hey. Hey. I like it. Yeah. I fucking like it. Yeah. I know. It's a... Uh, our fr- you know, we have a good friend that says, keep the fucking bikes off the trailers. Yeah. Get fucking riding. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. So wh- where did the trip start? How long ago? Let's start uh, there. Trip started uh, June 1st, uh, Dallas. Obviously, I'm from the great city of Dallas, Texas. And uh, yeah, I met up with the homies the next day in Amarillo. Just I went and saw my daughter in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to run up there and see her, stay at her house. She's kind of a young adult. I'm sorry. You have a, a daughter with a house? A rent house. <laughs> yeah. I Damn, I didn't think you had a kid old enough to pay rent. Yeah, well, she. I think she's paying rent. She might be squatting. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But uh, no, yeah, I have a 20-year-old daughter and a uh, 12-year-old You're son. You're bleeding here, homie. So. Yeah, I know. It's okay. Jesus. Just let it ride. Let it ride, okay? <laughs> okay. It's showbiz. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> Damn, dude. Yeah. How old are you? I will be 40 in September. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, Early yeah. bloomer. Yeah, man. Hey, if you haven't had kids by 25, don't. Yeah. Oh, well, I had right. my my daughter is eleven, almost twelve, <laughs> yeah. and I had her when I was twenty. So mm-hmm. yeah, right there like, with you. You know, the the ideal thing to do is get your life together and have a kid at like thirty, and then think about it. You got a fucking twenty year old as you're in the later years of your life when you're supposed to be enjoying all the hard work, and you're dealing with some fucking dumb TikTok dancing bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so fair enough. Me and me and Rafa, we got to start early. You did too. Uh, yeah. Well, here's the deal. I'm 41, and I'm about to have my uh, second kid. Oh yeah, that's a bad idea. <laughs> that's, bad. that's a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be a good time. I'm well, I'm glad you're it. having a kid. Cause was it was it by choice? Yeah, planned. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, can't knock it. Yeah. No. I, Shout out the bank. I, I knew I knew going into it. My my wife is you know a little bit younger than me, so okay. I knew that she wanted to have kids. So that was that's part of the game. Yeah, Gotta I knocked do up, it. I knocked up a couple of other chicks. And then I found one that didn't want kids and didn't have kids, and then that's kind of the one I'm dealing with now. Winner. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. God, can't be. Okay. I also, pre-rec, uh, are you a Dallas Cowboys fan? Uh, when they're winning. <laughs> this has been another episode of the LG 1904 show. <laughs> the fuck out of here. This, guy, this guy's a Birds fan. Eagles. Let's go, Eagles. baby. Yeah. Philadelphia. Uh, well, I'm not. A, I don't like cheerleading. Oh. Yeah, so I don't, you know. I like to watch games that are important when something's like a, a finals or something like that. Like, it always feels good to witness something amazing, you know what I mean, happen. Uh, but, man, watching sports, like, casually, mm-hmm. dude, I just got too much shit going on. I don't ha- I don't want to be sad the next day. <laughs> yeah. If you're a Cowboys fan, you're pretty much going to be sad. The <laughs> if you're an Eagles <laughs> fan, you're going to be fucking let down yeah. all the time. So, I don't know, man. Uh you know, don't get me wrong. Like, I think it's it's a, it's an amazing. I, I grew up playing sports. I just, I guess playing sports when you're a kid, like, I don't know. I just didn't want to be a, you know, my whole day to be, my whole Sunday to be sitting on a couch, watching a game, getting happy, getting sad. You know what I mean? Shit like that. I don't want to do that. Mm. You know? Checks out. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I can fucking totally agree because I would be so butthurt if my team lost. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, you yeah. still do. 
Nah, but not uh, not as much as I used to. Yeah, I mean, it would have fucking ruined my life. You know, I mean, the team lost. I'm like, God I got, damn, I got to go to fucking work Monday. Yeah. <laughs> I got, fuck, I got nothing. I'm a Jets fan. Oh yeah, <laughs> fuck, bro. Yeah, I'm always sad. I start I start preseason sad. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> start preseason sad. That's true, dude. So yeah, generally, just, we like to take the podcast all the way back. Okay. Um, generally, what, who we have on here is people in recovery. Mm-hmm. You drink beers. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but uh. We could talk about Harley life, man. So where are you from? Where were you born? Born in Dallas. Oh, uh, shit. Still in Dallas, unfortunately. Uh, but, you know, got to plant my, you know, I, I've, I've been able to see the whole country pretty pretty well. Never never crossed any uh, international borders, though. So. Working on it. Hey, dog, we're about 20 minutes from one. Yeah, yeah. He, he's told me stories. Uh, legendary. <laughs> legendary trips. I don't need any of that. <laughs> man. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Dallas is like you got like five hours till you get to the Rio, right? Uh no, we got five hundred miles till we get to. Oh shit! Yeah, so Dallas, it's a funny thing because Dallas to El Paso is about halfway from Dallas to uh, California. So damn, yeah, it's, it's a, a good measurement. Like making it all right. We're halfway now. Yeah. Okay. So when when did you first get exposed to riding? Uh man i i was uh I was uh, I was in the cars way before bikes, right? And then mm-hmm. um, fucking. Grew up in a paint and body shop. Didn't did not want to do it for a living. Just forced to do it as a kid. Didn't really want to do it, but I, you know, gained a skill doing it. Right, and then a, an op- a, a job opportunity came up in two thousand four to go sand parts at a motorcycle paint shop, and uh, so I was like, cool. I know how to do this basic stuff, and he hired me. And at the time, I was into import cars. I used to do a lot of like motor swaps and shit like that back in the days. H two B swaps and Hondas. Uh, SR twenty. Okay, uh, Nissan guy. guy. Yeah, and um, that was the that was the main gig. We, first time I ever came to California, we came out here and bought front clips, and you hauled them back to Dallas, stripped them, sold the motors, you know, sold whatever other parts were connected to it. Uh, that was the gig, and then uh, street racing got really outlawed in um, Texas. And I, I remember, you know, hearing stories, too, about, about it out in California. It just was yep. getting to the point where if you street race, like, you pretty much could just rape kids and probably have less sentences. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not that you should do that either. No, but, fuck no. Um, but it was one of those things. Like, they just treated, like, street racing like the end of the world. You know what I mean? Mm. SWAT teams coming out. Fucking, you know, it, it just got gnarly yeah. and um your car was way gone <laughs> yeah and i'm mean, like dude i'm fucking i'm, tr- I'm racing a nissan you know what i'm saying <laughs> a 1500 dollars car with a 2500 dollars motor in it you know what i mean yeah, right. so um the motorcycle thing at, at, for me early on uh was like i said i worked in the shop and seeing them all day and seeing the industry culture because there's a there's a rider culture and an industry culture there's two different worlds and you know seeing a lot of people that are passionate about building bikes and painting bikes at that time and I did kind of fancy myself some type of an artist. I, I didn't know how to airbrush or anything like that yet, but I grew up drawing, grew up designing things. Um, and, yeah, so working at that place, you know, I, it was like three months. I was like, fuck this car. You know, there's a wrecked, <laughs> there was a wrecked Honda F4i that was sitting at the at the shop, and I sold the car, bought the bike, mm. fixed it up, and rode that for about six months. And then, you know, going to bike nights and shit, uh, working at a paint and body shop, I realized that, that I had a, you know, a knack for promoting and selling, you know what I mean? Mm. So I'd be at bike nights and, you know, the conversation would come up and I'd be like, yeah, man, well, I'll work at a paint shop. If you want to come through, we can look at this. And then, (laughs) you know, at the time, nobody really wanted to paint sport bikes because there were a lot of parts compared to a three-piece chopper, right? Right. That chopper paid five, six, seven grand. The sport bike with 15 pieces, like, you know, 
oh man, I can only spend fifteen hundred. I was gonna say twelve hundred bucks, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of what got me into it. And um it was quite a while before I got onto a Harley, but you know, funny story is like we've been talking with a lot of people out here in California on this podcast run and um it's crazy how many people grew up around Harleys. Like there was, mm-hmm. you know, the skateboard culture out here that kind of was wrapped up into the punk rock, which was wrapped up into the chopper culture. So like, I felt like they, people were just, depending on what crowd you're running in, you could be exposed to Harleys at a much younger age than I was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the, in the group that I was exposed by Harleys, they were buying the 50, 60, $70,000 ones. So there was no like, yo man, there's a basket case over here for 1500 bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that just wasn't the world that I was exposed to early on. Otherwise, I would have jumped on Harleys probably right out of the gate. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, like, yeah. I was definitely exposed to street bikes more than I was yeah. street bikes and then Triumphs because my stepdad, who was more like my father, yeah. he rode street bikes, and then he got a Triumph, like, cafe cruiser. Yeah. Harleys didn't come around until, like, after I was in the military, and I was like, ooh, I want to fucking... And I was thinking Bruce Willis and fucking yeah. Pulp Fiction. It's a <laughs> chopper, baby. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about you grew up in? You grew up in this culture, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, I mean, and, and you know, cowboy shit, too. So it was like a full grew mixture, up around you know horses I mean? yeah. and shit. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, being yeah. here in San Diego, when you see a pack of bikes go slam. I just remember being in my grandpa's Cadillac and a fucking pack of bikes went by. And I'm like, fuck, I want to, uh, young age, like, that's what I want to do. You know, I mean, mm. it was fucking rad. And, um, you know, it's kind of cool to be able to do that with our friends now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Get a yeah. big-ass group ride that and fucking just start slamming down the road. And, like, hopefully there's a little kid in the car saying, like, I want to be that, too. Because the <laughs> yeah. fucking... But the motorcycle community and culture is fucking none other. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we all take care of one another. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you, you're going to have some bad seeds in that mix, but you fucking pluck them out and move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't last long. No, they don't. What about you, Rafa? Like, I grew up in New York. And so, like, sport bikes, dirt bikes... Uh, Quads, bikes everything. Dope. It's crazy. Bike like, life scene. Like it's it's crazy in New York. Like yeah. the whole the whole motorcycle thing. And like at, so like everybody's like on YZs. Mm-hmm. That was like a big thing in New York. Um, I grew up very 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 poor. <laughs> yeah. So like I didn't I couldn't really afford one. But when the homie hooked me up with like an eighty five and shit like that, I was like ripping. Yeah. And then I stood. I got fell deep into my addiction. Stood away from him. And then when me and my me and my first wife got separated. Um, I jumped on a fucking Harley and was it because of these ding dongs? Nah, because what Ian had the bike, Ian had his bike, and I used to hang around Ian a lot. And I was like, man, I want to get a bike too. And then I got the bike. You got a Sportster. I got a Sportster, yeah. and then um, I jumped on the Sportster, and then I was gonna upgrade my bike and get uh a black Dyna, and I saw it, and then I was scrolling through Dustin's pictures, and I was like. This motherfucker had the same exact bike. And I reached out to Elise and I was like, dude, we got to. Yeah. Because Dustin will never fucking do it. My bike my bike was supposed to be his bike and then I ended up buying it. Nice. Well, they yeah. bought it for me. Yeah. So yeah. my my wife and Rafa and another friend came here to San Diego Harley and, mm-hmm. and fucking bought the bike for me while yeah. I was at work. Because he would have never done it. Yeah. Like if you know Dustin, Dustin will be like, yo, I fucking love this. But I won't. I won't fucking do it. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice to dream. Yeah. It's yeah. nice to dream. But like we, I, I was like, dude, like this will fit him. Like it, it will fit Dustin a lot more than me. Yeah. 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 Hey, you know what's funny about New York? I was just watching the news this morning. The fucking mayor is out bulldozing fucking motorcycles right now, crushing them this morning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck yeah. is wrong with these people, man? Oh, yeah. All the bikes that they capture, they fucking crush them instead of like reselling them yeah, to yeah, help yeah. fight fucking sh- drug addiction and homelessness in New York. No, let's just crush them on TV. Yeah, we're showing you sick asshole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I got to, I've, I've been pretty fortunate to ride to New York for the last couple of years. And, uh, 
that place is is like plugging into the matrix, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's busy, you know, just like it is out here in California. But man, riding through those streets, even like riding on Long Island, it, it's dude, it's it's an amazing feeling. You know what I mean? And the bike culture out there is just as passionate about motorcycles as any other state mm-hmm. that ride that could ride all year or whatever. I don't know, man. It's a uh, it. it Going out there was an amazing experience for me. I got to ride it there in 2020 when the whole city was shut down. Mm. Oh, so we were mobbing the the, the island or, or Manhattan Island and shit. Like, there were still cars out, obviously, but it was nothing like it, it was today. now. Yeah. Did you go to the Brooklyn Invitational? Yeah, I went to. Well, I went to the the Indian Larry Block Party. Okay, which mm. is usually that's right like, around that. That's like Williamsburg or somewhere like that. Uh, right? It's like on the outside of like the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Uh, well, it that uh, the the invitate or the uh, the block parties in Brooklyn, it's um, right. but I don't know exactly. Like I'm, like, you know, were yeah. you bringing a paint job? No, I was just out there, just, just having doing, fun. Yeah, That's I went. Right. I had rode to uh, Milwaukee, um, on my last bagger, not this current one. I rode up there. They put a 131 in it for me. Holy shit! And then I it was actually pretty cool. Uh, rode up there, did that, and then while I was up there, I hit up my buddy Steve Chamberlain, lives in Michigan. I'm like, hey, let's go, let's go to New York. let's go and he was like he was like cool and i was like i don't know though i I was already planning on jumping on the ferry to go across the great lake or lake michigan to get to where he was in like grand rapids Mm -hmm. so we did that got over there and we're hanging out that night i was like man i don't know man Uh, my wife's gonna be pissed dude if i just like hit her with the (laughs) hey i'm gonna go to new york for it's gonna be another five days right right and then I was scared to ask her. <laughs> Straight up. And so uh, basically we just hung out all night, you know, drinking, ha- having fun, doing stuff that, you know, what we oh, do, yeah. whatever. And Party. then uh, next, the next morning I woke up and was like, I'm sitting in the bathroom, shower's running, and I am just haven't quite jumped in there yet. And I'm like, hey, babe, I'm going to go. It's, I'm so close to New York. I'm just going to go ahead and run out there real quick. There's a couple podcasts I want to get, uh, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. I was like, God damn, that was easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, nice. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, Let's so, fucking go, guys. God damn. Of she changes her mind. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, went up to New York uh, and uh, rode through. His first time I rode through um, Pennsylvania, mm. uh, you know, uh, New Jersey. First time someone tried to pump my gas for me. It was weird. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Super weird. And, uh, but. Yeah, going through New York because we had rode in and then we rode the Manhattan and then we rode out to Long Island where we were staying. Wide open, badass. Yeah, so so you cool. take the expressway. Yeah, yeah, nice. And, um, yeah, and then we rode some tunnels going like I think the Lincoln Tunnel, Lincoln yep. Tunnels, though. Whatever <laughs> tunnel goes from the lower part of Manhattan to Brooklyn. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's so sketch because it's like the waters are fucking like the walls are, are like leaking. leaking. Yeah, and you're like, huh. <laughs> So through New Jersey, there's the turnpike, which goes from the south end to the north end. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, you got to pay for the whole fucking thing. It yeah, costs right. about $45. And every time you $45? stop. $45? Yeah, to get from one end to the other. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you finish that, you got to take the Washington Bridge, which is $15, to yeah. get to cross over New York into Connecticut. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, but every time you stop in New Jersey and certain parts of Pennsylvania and certain parts of New York, they pump your gas. Yeah. Like you get out and they're like, what do you want? You don't even have to get out of the car. You can roll down the window and be like, yeah, put some premium in that bitch. Oh, so it's like Mexico. Yeah, and they get fucking <laughs> furious if you try to pump your gas. Yeah, so yeah really? It's, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's Oregon's the same. Oregon and New wow. Jersey have a law where they have to have an attendant to wow. pump gas. And you got to tip that fool because he's out there in the blistering of cold. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that noise. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I've been to Cancun and they, that's exactly what happens. And yeah. <laughs> I don't speak Spanish, so I couldn't say shit. I just said, okay. And then they just, they just arms crossed when you're all done. 
Yeah, they're expecting a peso or two. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm originally from Virginia, okay. and in Norfolk, we have tunnels and shit. And, like, I forget that the rest of the world that doesn't experience this. I took my yeah. chick. She's like, oh, my God, where are we going? <laughs> like, oh, it's a tunnel. Like, we're going to the next city. So yeah. People blow people's minds. Last year, we, we our big group, we did a trip to uh, Maine. So this year, our trip was to Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana. Um, last year was to Maine, so we uh, we did New York again, but we also went to Virginia Beach. Hey, oh, that's wow. home. That's home. We had some good times in Virginia Beach. Yes, sir. <laughs> they, had, they 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 had like this bike night. They changed it from Wednesday to Tuesday because we were there, and we had a blast there. A lot of cool dudes came out. They were you know doing Willie's kinda, and yeah. um, it ended up being a rager night, man. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> it was a wild one. Nice. I feel bad talking about that kind of stuff. Hell no. you guys are sober and everything. No. Just because we can't party doesn't mean you shouldn't, dude. I'm I. I didn't start drinking until I was 29. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, and it's been. smoke weed, nothing. No, I never. You know, I grew up I grew up around a lot of uh, drugs and shit like that. Sure. Not bad. Like, not not like it was in my face, but, you yeah. know, my dad sold weed and a little bit of coke here and there. Sure. So, uh, I, I always tell, say this story is like, I just remember watching people come to our house that had shit and leave, or, or not leave, but like over the course of months or maybe a year, those same people would come with less and less. They sure. might have had a Corvette. Now they're, you know, and a Camry, <laughs> and a Camry or something like yeah. that. So it, it, you know, that always scared me. And I played sports growing up. So nice, yeah. Uh, and I played basketball. At that I'm not very tall, so it was like anything Gotta be driven. that was gonna like yeah. stunt me from being able to perform. Um, and then of course I had a kid early, so mm. uh, it was like, you know, do cocaine or <laughs> see. My daughter. I was never really it's good. I never yeah. really had friends that, that like were into like coke and all those kind of drugs, right? Right. Most of my friends now are. Um, yeah. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for, for sure. What up, Jaden? God damn. Uh, but uh, but no, I mean, I just I wasn't around that shit much growing up, and uh, they were hanging out with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were with us. <laughs> but it, it, I mean, because I didn't drink and I didn't go out to bars and party, like that's how I was able to grow my paint skills because all I did was airbrush and paint all fucking day every day. Right. And, uh, once I started gaining like some more success monetarily and things like that, um, it's almost like a, it's like if you get married right out of high school mm-hmm. and then you have that wild and out phase at, afterwards, yeah. that's right. pretty much what my thirties have been. But, um, you know, within reason, like I probably am classified as an alcoholic, uh, on, the spectrum, I guess, if the government was going to do it. Oh, yeah. Well, they say, they say if you drink two beers a night, you're an alcoholic. Yeah, exactly. Get the fuck out of yeah. here. But I drank 30. Yeah. If you, you know, drank two beers I'm in the morning sh- before lunch. I'm going to show you, that, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, who has that shot before 10 a.m.? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> who had the shakes before 10 a.m.? This fucking guy. You know what I mean? So if I do the math correctly, seven years ago would have been 2015. That's when Fast Life officially began. Yeah. So that would put you at 23. So you got a three-year-old kid, and, and you're kicking off your own no, no. Uh, I mean, I'm seven years ago. I was thirty, something. Oh shit, my math's yeah. way off. But that would have been that would have been fucking. I've had I've had many iterations of my business. I've I, I started off as Live Fast Airbrush and Design back in uh, 2007, hmm. and then um, that kind of went here and there. It would I'd close it down because I'd get an opportunity to work at another shop that paid better. I mean, that's always the struggle growing up is like a paycheck versus self employed, right? Hmm. And as you're self-employed, you can make more money, but it comes in in different waves. And sometimes you're like, dude, I just, I work the same every week, but some weeks I have a check at the end of the week and some weeks I don't. Mm-hmm. So I'd get, you know, at my younger age, I'd just get to this point where I was like, man, fuck this. I just want to 
I want to do the work and then get a check on Friday. All the bills are paid. I got this much for gas, this much for food. And, and Saturday easy. and Sunday off. Yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, it's hard. To, in, in my industry, it's hard to uh, it's hard to grow and make more money working for other people. Um, I mean, it might not be in certain areas, but in Texas it was. You know, there's I've never had health insurance or <laughs> 401K or any of those type of things. Mm-hmm. It's just not that kind of an industry where there's that kind of money in it. Like, yeah, when someone wants a paint job and you tell them ten grand for a bag or they – they double eye you like what the fuck but in in hindsight that's not a lot of money for how much time and much work it is to do one right and how long that shit's gonna last and how much fucking uh how much materials and all the other aspects are all the other things you need to do that paint job that 10 grand is gone really quick mm-hmm. and you know it's just not it's not what it used to be our money the money doesn't go as far anymore so mm-hmm. but i mean uh yeah i've had a whole bunch of different iterations of the brand so i i be lift fast airbrush and design for a while and then I'd go work at this other shop so it would kind of go away and then after a while that would kind of you know that well would dry up so I'd go back to that and then the last time I uh, about 2010 I re-went back on my own but at this point in time I had started air quotes building bikes you know had a couple magazine features um this is when the big wheel thing was really starting to kick off and that's where the money was if you wanted to kind of work on bikes and so we did that. Uh, I had I had a partner that helped me out. He had put like ten grand in to help kind of get the shop off the ground, buy a couple lifts. We had a trailer just to be able to pick up bikes and deliver them. Um, you know, I already had all the paint equipment we needed. We bought a couple more tools, things like that. And then about six months afterwards, like some other guys came in, other friends, but a lot of fucking money came in. <laughs> and they bought my other partner out. Next thing you know, this thing's got like, you know, this, the initial investment was like 200 grand into the shop. So we filled a whole showroom full of parts. We created a whole like a, you know, parts service and building and paint. So it was a one-stop shop. And, um, you know, one of the guys, so it was ended up being, I went from having one partner to three other partners, mm-hmm. right? Young, didn't really know much, sold, uh, the majority of my shares away. So I was a, a 33% owner. And the other guys were 33% over, and the guy with all the money ended up being a, or what was 34. It? it ended up being like where, I don't think it was 33, but it was like maybe 20-something. But it ended up being where I was equal with the other three partners, but the money guy had all the power. Well, I'm not an ass kisser. I don't give a fuck how rich you are, you know, because I've always called arrogance or whatever you want. But I always, especially in the motorcycle industry, when I sit down at the table, I don't give a shit if you're Jesse James or not. He can't do what I can do. So we're going to sit at the table as equals. Mm-hmm. And so with the money guy, you have money, but you can't do what I can do. And you're trying to make money off what I do. And mm-hmm. I always treated him with like just, I treated him just like the other guys. I, mean, I wasn't going to kiss his ass because he had money and none of that shit. And of course, people with money act like, oh, I just want to be treated normally. I don't want anybody to treat me differently. But in hindsight, no, you want people to suck your dick and kiss your ass. That's what you want. Yeah. And I, I wasn't the one to do that. So eek over six months that wedge got bigger and bigger and i would call the money dude out and be like though what the fuck where how did how did we spend 200 grand in three months show me where it went and he's like oh what ended up being like one of the other guys was embezzling money from the guy oh fuck, fuck. but he was trying to blame it on me that my department was costing too much money so i just said you know what y'all can just buy me out and i'll leave yep so after six months i had a really big brand called live fast customs um, in Dallas, we had like four magazine features, three of them were covers, 
we were doing Arizona Bike Week and going to Sturgis and all this shit. And uh, like that, my whole brand that I, at this point, this was 2014. At this point, my whole brand had been built. They had only been a part of that for six months. So from 2010 to July of 2014, they had six months of involvement, and then I pretty much lost my whole business. Ugh. You know what I'm saying? And so I start I start from fucking scratch. You know what I'm saying? No shop. I, all I have is a couple of paint guns, airbrushes, and things like that. And, uh, of course, I still have my bike. No shopping to work out of. I had to go hit up one of the homies that had a paint and body shop and just kind of say, hey, like, I'll give you a cut of everything I paint out of the shop. And he gave me a key, and we did that for a couple months. And, you know, fortunately at that point in time, I had kind of already had a reputation in America. So I had a couple of other shops that saw it, what took place. They knew I was the talent, things like that. And uh, they had met those guys, too, and they knew they were all fucking douchebags, right? So I started getting opportunities to travel and paint. And so that's what changed my life and career and my perspective on business, uh, you know, as far as being local or trying to be uh, national or, you know, I guess it'd be national for you. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, at that time, I mean, it was scary as fuck, dude. I had just rented a loft in downtown Dallas, a player ass <laughs> spot. <laughs> so I signed the lease and I signed, uh, you know, the, the fucking $1,500 check that I got. A million dollar business. I got a $1,500 check for my shares. Oh, fuck, dude. It could have been that there was either, hey, take us to court. Oh, my God. Which is more, lawyers. Lawyers money I don't have. Or here, take this and fuck off. So wow! Now they're not in business anymore. Clearly, clearly. Uh, but you know, it was it was a shit show, and it was it was like, dude, it really f- it rocked me, man. Because I had to borrow money from my grandfather. I had to borrow money from family just to kind of make the rent. I was doing crack, probably crackhead shit that I do, and what you guys might have had to do. <laughs> my bad. How was, were you peeling, were you peeling <laughs> copper? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, dog. Yeah. Suck a Freon out of an Don't AC. man, don't man, stop <laughs> taking fronts. We're peeling copper, all right? <laughs> if you ain't ran out the Home Depot with DeWalt under both arms, you ain't shit. <laughs> yeah, so define crack. Okay, well, okay, not. I need a new term because. Uh, but no, I was like the same shop that I would get paid like a hundred dollars an hour to go airbrush in. You know, they didn't have airbrush work. I was like, hey, do you have anything I can do? It's like, yeah, we can give you fifteen dollars an hour to buff, and I'm like, fuck. You're all fucking, you know, that's a big hit. And, like, I could be here two hours and 200 bucks, or I could be here for six hours and not even get a 100 bucks, essentially. Yeah, after after taxes, you ain't walking away with <laughs> shit. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting the fucking number five meal with a large yeah. Coke. <laughs> so, you know, at, out of spite, uh, because I lost Live Fast Customs, mm-hmm. I decided to rebrand as the Fast Life Garage. Uh-huh. So, at the time, garage, everybody's putting garage behind it. It was Gas Monkey Garage and so-and-so garage. and So, garage was the fucking jam. And essentially, uh, I started the Fast Life Garage then in twenty in 2014. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. This was all taking place in 2013. So, Jan, I started in 2013. In 2014, I traveled the entire year. That's when I started coming to NorCal to paint. North Carolina, all over, pretty much all over the country in the hubs of motorcycles uh, painting. And then in 2015, after, like, being on the road all year, I was like, okay, I got kids. I need to be stationary. I started the new shop out of the rent house that I was in, which it went from the Fast Life to the Fast Life Garage then in 2015, in January. And that's also when I started traveling on bikes, too. So built my first, uh, or redid this bike that I built at the old shop, 
so that they could stop getting credit for it and I could start getting credit for my build and um, essentially built it, jumped Somebody on the bike. bike. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't even say we're rapping. Oh, hey, thank you, San Diego Harley, for hosting this fucking podcast. Yeah, exactly. Congratulations on your bike sale. Yeah. She says, she says you, well, you might hear the intercom in here. I'm like, ah, fuck it, that's cool. Yeah, fuck. No, it is cool. I mean, it's yeah. cool to be here at San Diego Customs and, uh, or Harley. Yeah. Um, we can go down the street and see them, too. Uh, Chip's probably there. Mike's yeah. probably there. <laughs> so, real quick, though, that's fucking really cool that you did. were able to do that. I mean, I'm sure it probably wasn't for you at the time because you have to travel everywhere. But, I mean, you talking about, I mean, getting your name out there more than yeah, it already yeah. is or has or whatever. Well, Fuck, honestly, that's badass. It, it was also what helped was Instagram because in sure. 2013, uh, in 2012 was when I first got on Instagram. But 2013, you know, a year later, there's more people getting on it, more that's businesses. That's when it popped off. Yeah. 2013, man. It was like a lot of, a lot of yeah, fucking yeah. brands started too and it just popped. Yeah. And I was going to NorCal, the guy that we were staying with on this trip, his his name was Steve. He was the guy that kind of essentially brought me out, and he would line me up at work and was vital for my growth and my career and whatnot. He used to fuck with me and make fun of me because I had like a 1,000 followers or some shit like that. And we, we, we would do it jokingly back and forth. Sure. And uh, so when I started the Fast Life Garage, like I kind of figured out how to grow, right, without having to pay for shit or buy shit. And none of that stuff works anymore, but – at the time, I, when I restarted the Fast Life Garage Instagram in, in January of 2015, it was like um, it grew f- way faster. You know what I'm saying? I focused on not posting pictures of myself, posted pictures of projects, work, things like that, because that's what men want to see. They don't want to see a selfie of me. <laughs> so, hey. so I focused more. You know, back then it was a lot easier to do it that way, you know, because I, I'm not trying to be a model. I'm not trying to sell my face or that i mean before the first instagram i was trying to get laid you know, you know what i'm saying, saying? <laughs> so, hey. bing pong all that type of shit yeah. but uh you know it's like that that stuff helped out a lot and uh instagram helped out a lot uh people started flying me places that was that was amazing and um at first you know it, it was kind of you know okay let me let me back up a little bit so i met my wife in december of 13 I flew to the first place at the at January of 14, and when I got home, I flew out to meet her. She was living in Florida at the time. She's from L.A. She was living in Florida. And so I flew out there, met her, then, then flew her to Dallas um, like two weeks later. And then Baller. Four <laughs> weeks later, uh, she moved from L.A. or from Florida to, to Dallas, and we've been together since. But we then, three weeks after she moved here, we jumped in the car and then drove to NorCal. And so – we were up there painting. She was with me, so that was cool. That was, like, a real good bonding experience for her to be with me and all this shit, especially while we're early in the relationship because it's like a three-week trip. And then come home. I have to fly alone for two weeks to paint bikes in North Carolina. Then we come back, and then we go together to Sturgis for the first time. That was my first Sturgis in 2014. And then we come back. We move out of the loft. I put all my shit in my grandparents' house, and then we stay. We go back to NorCal for a month and a half. To paint bikes. Damn. So our whole that first, is the fast life, my guy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so our our first year in our relationship, we were on the road for the most for most of the year, and so we came home. We just stayed at my grandparents' house for a few months until we figured, are right, we gonna travel? We gonna go somewhere else again, or are we just gonna go ahead and rent a house? Because I didn't want to rent a house and be gone for a month paying rent. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and if I'm not gonna be there, so um, we ended up deciding to stick. It was it was tough for her because you know we traveled. You know, and we made good money because we didn't have to spend money on rent. You know what I'm saying? 
And so when we planted roots again in 2015, you know, I was like, you should get a job, not because we need the money, but because she's not from Dallas and she needed to kind of get start <laughs> working on her own, her own purpose in life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and she, she does, uh, she's a barber by trade. So she, it wasn't hard for her to get a job. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's kind of the early days of that. And, um, you know, the traveling thing was something I always wanted to do once I jumped on a Harley. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it took a while to curate the right friends groups. And I say curate, I didn't do it myself. It's just you naturally want to do this and you start graduating or, or gravitating towards guys that are into that type of shit. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So you get around people that are like, ooh, he's going to be going for a week going fucking through Idaho. Yeah. I want to go to Idaho. Yeah. Mm. And then that dude turns out to be fucking rad and not suck butt. Yeah. And fucking now he's part of the crew. Well, we started a bike night in 2018. Uh, I say we, there was a lot of us that, that, that did it. We kind of all put it together. I just used my brand because it had a little bit of recognition to kind of help uh, nail it down and, and give it some some validity, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, at this point in 27, or 2018, I've already, you know, I've ridden to California six, seven times, ridden to Born Free before, uh, Sturgis a, couple, a handful of times. Like I've already, you know, been all over the country, essentially, except for the Northeast. And so sitting at bike night, talking to these guys, you know, the, essentially the guys that are on this trip are all guys that we all met at a bike night, right? And so sitting there, shooting the shit, you know, getting to know everybody and where they came from, and then, you know, telling them, like, oh, man, I'm getting ready to do my, my year ride. And, oh, where are you going? And you start tell, talking about the stories of being on the road. These guys want to go. So in 2019, we planned our first trip together as a group from the bike night, and we came to Born Free in 2019. We rode San Francisco down common ride i've always done but had a good time camped on it you know we still have great memories from that first trip um and then ever since we've just uh we've been chasing uh riding the entire country together all 48 states and hopefully at some point in our life international we'll see but yeah that's kind of how a lot of that shit started if you will how we've gotten to fucking present day dude i hear canada's got some fucking killer riding through alberta like right above yeah good luck good luck good luck getting there (laughs) <laughs> oh, for me, it's good luck getting across the border. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, uh, so I just, I quit my job or forced them to fire me, <laughs> if we're being honest. Yeah. I uh, just kind of showed up when I wanted to and let my beard grow out and did that a lot. And uh, <laughs> I do these DJ sets now and they fly me across the country because that's always been a dream for me too is yeah. like to fucking travel a bit. So they're flying me out. I got to go to Vancouver in August and I'm going to go to the Canadian consulate and try to get a letter to be like, they said I could come in. Well, yeah, you, I think you got to get like a, they have like lawyer services that'll kind of do all the work for you and get you like a work visa type situation or yeah. work, something like that. But we've looked into it. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, a lot of us only have like a two week trip time limit and we just did washington right Mm. and this was our longest trip as a group together it was going to be like 18 19 days so to be able to go even further than washington to go up because all the good shit in canada is like uh you know calgary uh west yep it's just Mm -hmm. far dude it is and it's hard to get up there desolate there ain't gas stations everywhere Yeah. yeah i've heard some of its dirt roads yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, fuck that. Fuck Canada. Yeah. Hey, but fuck. <laughs> fuck Canada. I, 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 can't, I, can't get, I can't go, so that's why. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you're you never going. No, no. Fucking uh, Billwell does their EDR run every t- other year. I think it's this yeah. year. Oh, yeah, I'll be over. Uh, it'll yeah. be next year. It'll be next year? Yeah, it was, Are you going? Was, 
No, uh-uh. <laughs> hell no. <laughs> our campout is uh is too close to it every year, and uh, our campout's a big event. I mean, uh, the last one was pretty sick. Yeah, we had over a thousand yeah. people at it. Damn, that so that was wild. <laughs> I saw I saw like all the videos and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I I was butthurt myself because we did a horrible job at capturing content this year, but a lot of other people attendees mm-hmm. they really a lot of other people stepped up and made a lot of reels out of the situation got a lot of footage that way but yeah, yeah i just feel bad like i i just didn't i was like so the weather was perfect it really was it was so chill it's like you get in the tent or like we have a little canopy we're sitting under and you're just like just sink in the chair and like i don't feel like doing shit yeah you know what i mean give me those pringles over there <laughs> yeah. you know and uh but yeah, but no, the camp out, man, it's, you know, same thing. The guys at the bike night, we started the camp out together in 2018 mm. and uh, started off 40 people showed up. The first one, second one was 70. The third one was like 200 something people. Mm-hmm. That was the COVID one, right? Third one. Damn. That was, that was COVID was like happened in, uh, obviously the country got shut down in, in beginning of April and ours was at the end of April. So we were kind of like scared to promote it because we didn't want to get canceled, yeah. you know? But people going, how dare you? How could you? We yeah. what? We were not going to cancel the event. We no. were going to go anyway, and uh, we did, and it was it was rad. So COVID happened, twenty twenty one, it tripled in size. We got up to about five hundred something people, and then this year, you thousand know, thousand people, thousand people. That's and fucking amazing, dude. That's that's some good Texas shit for you right there. The beginning of the fucking unprecedented pandemic. Out here in California, people are fucking panicking to death. If you go outside of your house for anything less than food, you're getting fucking shamed. Y'all are throwing a goddamn camp out. I know yeah. we got shamed hardcore. We'll be, we'll, we, yeah. we did rides, you know, fucking yeah. pack and rides. People would fucking yeah. get on the, you know, how dare you? How could you? You don't. You just yeah. don't care about anybody. Like, shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up. up. Yeah. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah. And that's how I felt then, and I feel even more strongly now. But fucking free ass Texas doing fucking free Texas shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. We all shooting guns too. Uh, we did blow something up. Allegedly, fuck. Allegedly. Someone, someone, fuck. Allegedly. someone brought a small Allegedly. stick of dynamite out there. Allegedly. Fucking dynamite, <laughs> bro! I can't even Sheesh. own fucking firework. I can't even own bottle rockets in California. <laughs> Only thing true. I get is these fucking great ass beaches. Yeah, it's fucking nice beaches and delicious yeah, yeah. burritos. And you know what? I'll be eating them burritos. <laughs> when did you uh, start doing uh, portraits? I'm looking at this like Johnny Cash one. Oh, the airbrushing? Man. Uh, I yeah. grew up airbrushing. So, well, not I grew up. I, uh, when I worked for the shop that I started sanding at, it was, uh, it only took a while before I worked my way up from wet sanding to becoming the airbrush artist in the shop. Like I said, when I was in my 20s, I had, I didn't do anything. My life was painting and airbrushing, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and at the time, the industry, the way the paint industry and the chopper industry was like every day you had a new project on the table that required some kind of you know, affliction style paint job or, you know, cross and skulls or roses and skulls and, or fucking pirate theme. It was all that kind of shit. Right. So I got to airbrush every fucking day. It's fucking wild. Right. And, uh, and of course, you know, for 10 years, uh, I think before I started really doing the portraits like that, which started around 2017, I mean, I airbrushed almost every day that I painted, you know, for 13 years. So I, I got good, but there's people out there that fucking blow me out of the water straight up airbrush wise. And, uh, sometimes it's discouraging because <laughs> the way I was in my twenties, cause I didn't, I didn't ride bikes. I mean, I had a bike, but I didn't ride. I went to a bike night, right. Mm-hmm. To sell paint jobs to, you know, do more of that. 
in my 30s is when I discovered traveling on bikes. And so that that's a much more time-consuming type of riding than a bike night, right? And so motorcycles became my hobby in my 30s as in my hobby in my 20s was airbrushing. You know what I mean? Mm. So Yeah, get into business. So where do you fall Amazing. in on – we'll start breaking down opinions now. So the big wheel bagger. Yeah. Where are you at on it? I think uh, there was a point in time it was fun as hell and, and cool as shit. And just like anything, when clowns get a hold of it, they they ruin it, you know? True. Um, it, it was never – I mean, you got to – I try to tell people this all the time. It's like what what people ride and do here is badass, but it doesn't mean it's badass to everybody in the country, right? right. And – Arizona is like the hub of the big wheel bagger thing, and they're down the street. So, is it really? Yeah. So I see, like, being from the East Coast, I see a lot of that's what's popular back East. It is and, now. like, yeah. when I work Sturgis and sell bikes, all the Florida dudes are like, big wheel baggers are it, dude. Yeah. Like, rake out that front end, put a 40 inch tire on the front, and put some airbags in the back and slam it down. Usually, wherever you have bolt culture, you're going to have big wheel bagger culture. Okay. Because, and I don't mean that as a jab, I just mean that, like, you know, boats tend to be one of those things that people use to brag about their money and shit like that. Yeah, sure. break out another thousand. And so, I mean, for me, the big wheel bagger thing originally was about artistry, and then it was about riding them. And I rode them in San Francisco and back. I did all that shit on those things. But after doing it on that versus now, you know, then I did it on my FXR, then I did it on my Dyna, then I did it on my performance bagger. Mm. Obviously, this other ways are better, yeah. right? It's more fun. And less. I'm less worried about something going wrong, you know, air ride blowing, you know, my stereo shorting out my electrical <laughs> system, things like that. Yeah. I'm happy that I experienced doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do I want a big wheel bagger now? Do I plan to ever have one? No, I'm, I'm good. Mm. But I did appreciate it, and it gave me a lot in my career and my life at the time. So um, without that, I don't think that I get – I don't have what I have now. So mm. that All makes right. sense. Mm. I you think know? you did it. I think you did it really well. Like this, That's you, right? Uh, yo, that's a that's one of my friends. I painted that for him. That's more of the the big wheel soft tail culture that was kind of going around for a while. Yeah, yeah. You got to go. You got to fucking go. Yeah, you're going, <laughs> you got to go deep. Homie. You got to do a deep I'm, cut. I'm, on all right, I'm working on it. I'm Dyna or it. FXR? Uh I think you. I think um, if you're a shop guy, if you're if you're building or something like that, then uh, I think an FXR is a rite of passage for a builder. You know, if you if you want to get into this world of custom bikes, then the FXR is the most versatile bike that was ever made that could be just about any type of bike. Mm -hmm. um, I think Dynas are fun. Uh, I've got a T-Sport right now. Uh, I've always wanted one. Finally have one, mm. and I'm just about done with it. <laughs> Probably going to be selling it here pretty soon. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think that they kind of go hand in hand a little bit. Obviously, FXRs handle way better things like that but you know at the same time essentially they're the same size bike you know and you can have the same kind of fun on it one's kind of kind of culty the other one's kind of douchey so. <laughs> oh so i have an 86 fxr that i'm framing right now yeah. in the garage and then i have a dyna and like everyone's like eh, fucking get ready to spend all your fucking money on that fxr i'm like huh? Well, whatever yeah. like, i just want to do it for me like it's yeah. just like you said like a rite of passage like i want to say that i fucking took this to the frame and fucking built it back up. Yeah, exactly. It's a rite of passage. And, you know, everything, everybody these days are tribal. Everything. Yes. You know what I mean? People have a hard time going, oh, yeah, Dinos are cool. Right. You know? Oh, fuck, yeah, FXRs are badass. It's like Dino guys like, oh, got you a fixer. You're going to fuck it up, blah, blah, blah. FXR guys are like, oh, you're going to wobble through this world. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know? It, there's always that. I mean, and 
it's fun when it's like joking, right? But you mm-hmm. know these dudes, you, you see the serious. forums. They're really serious. Yeah, though. it's because people yeah. want affirmation that what they're doing is cool. Because people are not okay enough in their own skin with what they're doing, so they need the they need what they're doing to be the cool thing, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So when it's not the cool thing or people are throwing shade on it or joking about it, it's like, oh, no, fuck that, man. No, fuck, fuck that bike. You know what I mean? It's like, dude. And those dudes don't go to Born Free. And, they're the and same that's one. what I love about Born Free. And they're the same ones that wear shirts like, fuck you, I am who I am. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact. That is, that a, is fact. a fucking fact. They, and they, I drink Budweiser, motherfucker. My man over here. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Bud heavy over here. That's Bud right. heavy, that's right. But, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, that all that stuff. I mean, I think tribalism is a little bit of, uh, it's in all of us, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's like an ego or like jealousy or like these other kind of emotions that you have where you got to kind of check it every once in a while. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think like with me, I like, I like everything. I love, true. I love every fucking bike. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care if like I had a Sportster to me jumping on a Sportster. I'd rather I've jumped on a Sportster. I rode a Dyna. I rode a soft tail. And like, to me, like the sickest bike to like smash through a Canyon and stuff with is the Sportster. Yeah. Because like I could actually like hang it. Like, yeah, and maneuver it the way I my want. My first, to. my first Harley was a Nightster, 07 Nightster. So yeah, mine too. May she rest in peace. You know? Yeah, my, my, I love my fucking sporty. I yeah? yeah, fuck yeah. It got, yeah. it got me, it got me to where I wanted to go, and it yeah. actually taught me how to fucking ride. Yeah, yeah. I want a hardtail Sportster. That was before I got the FXR. That was the plan. Is I was gonna get a 03 yeah. Sporty, chop it, do a fucking whole do hardtail. Yeah. yeah, no, that'd be rad. I, you know, I think the motorcycle experience is is yeah. is a little bit of all of it. You know what I mean? Everything. I think that's what you know lifers if you will people that have no intentions of leaving the motorcycle culture or industry you know they're gonna over time gonna have their hands on all, a lot of t- different types of bikes and that's how you truly get diverse in motorcycling you know when you you know i love like the vehicle style bikes you know the hey the, i've always the liked hangers yeah i think it's i that mean it's tight you know i joke because i'm pro t-bars on everything but mm-hmm. i'm also like there's certain bikes where apes are it's apes are fuck off you know what I'm yeah <laughs> Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I ought, like on this trip, man, for instance, like I can't tell you how many joking or not. It's hard to tell when it's a text, right? Or it's a it's a comment. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, man, why didn't you paint your tour pack? And I'm like, I don't fucking ever plan to ride with my tour pack. It's only on now because I'm on this trip. I've been laying it on the concrete upside down. I don't <laughs> give a fuck about that Amazon tour pack. Yeah. Right? right? But some people, it. it they're like, I just, I just can't, I can't do it. It's, I was like, I got black in my bike and the thing's black. So what's up? And I'm, there's so many different types of people out there and so many different ways that people feel like you should be living your life. And mm-hmm. that's what I don't fucking understand about people. Mm-hmm. You know, you talked about the whole, like during the pandemic, how people out here felt like it was their responsibility to tell you how to live your life. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, that, that's one of those things, I guess us Texans out there, we just, um, we we are a little bit more weary of of listening to what the government says, right? Thousand fucking percent. And with that being said, uh, you know, I can't tell you. I mean, I've lost I've lost a close friend through COVID. You know, I know it was I I, I still to this day have a hard time going. Yeah, COVID killed him. Like he was he had a six pack. He was black and he was forty nine years old and he died of COVID. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's something else there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, I, I, I guess I can't believe that. But at the same time, I understand a lot of people probably did lose family members and things like that or loved ones. And 
I can't speak on that, you know, but I had fucking fun with COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. We, we, we yeah. did, too. That, yeah. So no police in sight. I yeah, was working we were, here, mm-hmm. and I got fucking laid off, and also I had just come off a nine-month relapse where I, like, I was the sales manager at a Ford store. I was fucking crushing it, six-figure gig. In nine months, I had maxed all my credit cards. I was getting evicted, and I had fucking nothing, and I was sleeping on somebody's living room floor. And these two dickheads came to me after I got laid off here. I was I had been clean for like two months, and they were like, we don't want to see you fucking relapse through this. We want to start this. We had a group chat called LFG, Let's Fucking Go. Yeah. And that was like all the homies at Road were in that chat, and like, yeah. we want to turn this into a fucking brand. And they rallied around me, who was like on the fucking teetering of losing it all. Yeah. And then we started the brand. A month later, fucking COVID. Or no, it was like two weeks later. So in the middle of COVID, we kicked this shit off. Yeah. Brandon goes, Brandon's bright idea. Let's go. We remember when we were at the Denny's? Let's go rob a bank. Oh, I I, I was <laughs> casually saying that, but we have a friend who like, while he was out there getting loaded, like he had robbed a couple banks and he had hit a couple licks, allegedly. And like made fourteen grand, and that's like about all I needed. Yeah. So like, if I got this fourteen grand, I'll be fucking good. It's like, yo, let's go, you know, let's go mesker a couple fucking, you know. Let's go. I, was like, I was like, absolutely not. So I mean, what we're gonna do he is got, he got charged, so it's okay. Yeah, he, yeah. You know, he did a little bit of time. He did time for it. I was like, absolutely not. So let's yeah, uh, hit up this me meeting. Rafa, us. The Point Lomo one. Yeah. I'll never forget that, that shit. Was I funny. was dead ass serious too. I was ready. <laughs> when you got nothing left, you're like, fuck it. What? I mean, fuck yeah. it. It was legit. It was a legit combo. Like, I was like, damn. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess this is a testament to, like, you know, like I told you kind of my rock bottom story through business and how it yeah. became, like, the absolute best thing in my life. I mean, could mm-hmm. you guys attest to some of your rock bottoms and now where you're at now? <sighs> Absolutely. Like, you know Driving I mean? force. I mean, through those those shitty decisions and stuff, you meet some of your best friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And those, and then, you know. Like and we've just been driving ever since. Perspective, right? That's oh, what they saw. Yeah. Say perspective. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you, you've been so successful off of resentment. That's what we say in the rooms. Like, I'm staying clean off of resentment. Like, I just want to prove those motherfuckers wrong. Oh, I don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, right, right. I, I hate saying it because it feels like a, not the most adult thing to say, but a lot of my success has come out of spite. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, fuck you. You're, you're not going to give me an opportunity? Fuck it, I'll do it. You know what oh, saying? you don't like me? Yeah. Perfect. I mean, we yeah. Watch have that, this. We can relate, too, because people were like, oh, you're starting a club. It's called Let's Fucking Go. Oh, oh wow. Okay. You're okay. never getting Harley. Right. Yeah. Bing bong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, at, we're doing a podcast here. Fuck off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Suck a dick. <laughs> but yeah. that, that's the kind of shit that drives the fuck out of me and these guys. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh, you say we can't? <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So the panel paint job. Mm-mm. Panel paint job or solid color? Or, like, I would, because what you do is a little bit different. Like, what you have on the bagger out there, I wouldn't even call that a panel paint job. I don't yeah, even know fortunately, what. Fortunately, uh, simple-minded people in America who don't, and I say that jokingly, uh, everything is a panel or everything is tribal or everything is this, right? And, yeah. And the truth be told, like, if my my style is derived from panels, my whole past of doing lower water stuff and affliction shit, and the love for like racier style graphics that you would see on like race helmets. That's my style. You know, I'm not saying I honestly don't know anybody else in the paint industry that had it, that, that was, this does it the way I do it. Like mm-hmm. I'm friends with a lot of people, uh, Valley customs, good friend, Schultz, good friend, uh, hot dog, good friend. None of their shit looks like mine. No, but to a simple minded dude. And I'm like, once again, I'm not saying like, your simple Jack or something from what you would call it. But, <laughs> you know, like someone's like, oh, that's a panel. That's a, 
all these panel paint jobs are everywhere. Yeah, because I have leaf on it, and leaf is common in panel paint jobs. Mm-hmm. Or because there's flake on it, and there, that's a common that's a common uh, thing. But if you look at the way I do my graphics versus the way a traditional panel paint job is, we're not in the same game. No. You know what I'm saying? I would honestly call it, that's a fast life paint job. Exactly. And that's kind of, uh, you know, of course, when I started doing it, I fucking had no idea. Every artist is looking for their own, like, who are they? What are they? What's their style? Mm-hmm. And it's just like when you're looking for that, the the one, right? Mm-hmm. They always say, you're never going to find them when you're looking for it. Right, it's exactly. just when you're doing and it, it happens. And, and that's kind of what happened, especially with the helmets, like you were talking about. We started doing... Obviously, painting helmets has been a part of motorcycle industry forever, right? Mm. Uh, Schultz, Valley Customs, everybody was doing helmets. But when I first met these cats and they were telling me how they were doing helmets and the kind of money they got and how they hated it, I hated it too because dudes would drop off a bike and then they'd just pull out three modular helmets out of their car like, hey, can you shoot these two? And I'm like, I used to hate it because they wanted to pay 100 bucks a helmet. Ugh. Hundred you know, bucks a helmet. Hundred bucks a helmet. Jesus fuck. So one of my best <laughs> friends is uh, Rude Paint. He's an up and coming guy. He's, yeah. He's painting bikes in here. He says the same shit. So I I know a lot about the painting. We I used to walk into his house and he'd be watching your podcast. Nice. I told him this morning. I was like, Hey, dude, I'm I'm getting the opportunity to. Film. He's like, You fucking kidding me, dude? I gotta <laughs> work all fucking day. I can't come. <laughs> so shout out to you, Zach. Love you, dog. But he fucking tells me doing helmets is the worst. It is. It it's was a lot of prep work, right? No, I mean it's just round. It was, once again, once the perspective changed, and once I started, uh, obviously I have no shortage of friends, and and one of my close friends, Brad, he was the one that kind of pushed me to start uh, rocking Simpsons. He's a, he's a, uh, what do you call like a unknown fanboy, if you will. Okay. Texas boy, but he yeah. rode dirt bikes. All his dudes are from dirt bikes, so it's a, it's a, you know, whatever. But he finally convinced me to do a helmet, and he finally convinced me to do a panel paint job. So like, I started doing it. Uh, I was done with Big Wheel Bagger stuff, you know, a whole nother story about just falling out of love with the scene. Um, I bought a Dyna, fell in love with that world because everybody was having fun riding bikes, right? And that's Mm -hmm. what I I wanted to be around that. But, you know, panels, panels, you know, I I hope it doesn't come off the wrong way, but panels are the easiest fucking things in the world to do. You know, the shit that I was doing in the 2000s, you know, tribal and graphics and fucking skulls and fucking all this airbrushing is so much harder and so much more time consuming and difficult. And I'm so happy it's not around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> when panels came out, I had a, you know, there, there's, there's, there's skill in it. Right. Right. And so as a painter, like you can see the ones that are fresh, that just started doing panels. Um, there, you can see the simplicity in it. And then you can also see the complexity. Yeah. That's one of the first helmets I ever did. You can see the complexity of how. Um, Let me see that. <laughs> That's bad. That's sick. You, you didn't read the caption. So good. You can't believe you let that motherfucker get you like that. Oh, yeah, he does all the time. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, like I said, early days of paint, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people started. The panel thing kind of really kicked back in the swing in like 2010, 11, 12-ish, um, it kind of coincided with the whole like uh, rat rod movement and that kind of world, the whole rockability thing that was going around. And then, of course, a lot of painters that were in that were also stripers that were kind of getting asked to paint bikes. And the chopper, the vintage chopper scene at the time was into that. And then it started to bleed into the, the, the big wheel bagger scene some. And 
I just thought the shit was too easy. It was beneath me, to be honest with you. Um, not, you know, now looking back, I'm glad I, I, uh, I put my foot in it or I put a hand in it, if you will. Um, I did a couple, you know, kind of, it, it is simple, but trying to make it more complicated, look at trying to make it look more difficult and not look like I just started painting off of YouTube two months ago. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Yep. Um, and then of doing that over time, doing helmets, mm. uh, it just kind of started to click. And, you know, after I've done the same helmet for a million times, like, you know, I'm like, well, shit, let me put a point in it. Let me make it look racy now. Let me, let me do this. Oh, and, I, and then I fell in love with some other painters that are more race car helmet painters, like Poland Designs, one of my favorite painters in the world. And I feel like my, I feel like I'm a child of his style and like uh, a hot dog. Like if those two fucked, mm -hmm. I'd be, I'd be the one. Right? Those two fucked. <laughs> fucking Pete rips. He does. Yeah, that guy is fucking legendary, and exactly. we're so fortunate to have him so close. Yeah, he just retired too. So, Fuck. good luck with that. <laughs> Fuck. No. Um. But yeah. So I mean, I, I feel like uh, that that really is my style, and um, the helmet thing for me is uh, maybe through the podcast for talking about it so much on the podcast, I would tell people how. I would do one helmet for myself every year, and that helmet would be my my 2020 riding season. And then after it was done, I'd put it on the shelf. And then so I have this whole stack of helmets that In are the studio? all mine. Yeah. The, okay. That, that I've ridden from every year. And so I can sit there and tell you where I've ridden in America on that helmet, some stories behind it, some shit, blah, blah, blah. And then I started getting more people commissioning me for helmets and things like that. And um, I got collectors of it now. Uh, there's guys that collect the helmets that do the same thing I do. Um, there's also a million people every day that message me that think I'm way too expensive. They would never wait that long for a helmet. They would, uh, you know, they were just seeing how much I am compared to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I, I've always talked about it like this, like, uh, you know, custom paint. People will come up like, you're an artist. I'm like, okay, well then pay me like a fucking artist. Right. Mm. You know, or... Yeah treat what I just did for you like art instead of like a material possession on your bike. You know, if I paint this bike and I, I always think about it cause I draw everything I do. And I feel like that's the most intimate time while I'm sitting in my garage, usually at night. And I'm just trying to create something new for you. Like that's when I'm thinking about said customer and what he wants and who he is. And I'm trying to just design something that I'm fucking stoked about. And when I fucking send it to him, it's the most anxiety ever because I'm like, I hope, <laughs> I hope he, he can see it or he can just trust me. Right. And man, over the years, it's like you get these guys that will, that will call me and I don't have any of this anymore. I've, I've weeded out all these type of customers, but people used to call me and go, yeah, man, I got this bike and I want you to paint it. I just, I got a $14,000 front wheel for it. It's got a $20,000 stereo system. And I'm now I, you got to paint it for me. I'm like, okay, well, what's your budget? I don't know, man. I got like three grand. And I'm like, so wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I'm the only one out of everything you just said that is making something from nothing. Every, everything else is sitting on a shelf somewhere. That stereo, that equipment, those parts, that wheel, like all that. You know, even the, the builder in that time is, is essentially just putting it together. I'm creating something out of nothing i'm taking liquids and making something out of it 
and you got and it's only worth even the grand. least amount to spend on me. <laughs> and then, and at the end of the day, like when that dude gets it, if it's not as cool as the one paint job that's getting the trophy at the event, then he's like, dude, I don't know, man, this ain't as cool as I thought it was gonna be. And I'm like, you never, you never, you, you only needed this for affirmation for who you think you are. Mm. You're not, you didn't buy art. You don't think I'm an artist. You didn't buy it because you want it. It's none of that, right? He's, so. he's showing us the shit. Uh, portrait that you Can did. Evil? Fucking sick. I didn't, did I post that one? Oh, you took it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, y'all ain't never going to see this. Yeah. Fucking incredible. I know. But, I mean, that's a hard sell because, I mean. He the, knows. He's the, already seen it. <laughs> the paint industry is always going to be that. We're always, we're, we're making material possessions for people. But through helmets is the first time I've been able to feel like it's art for people. And people are buying it as art. And so, yeah, I still get 100 people every day that are asking for helmets. But. They don't know much about the brand. They don't know what I'm providing. You know what I mean? They, you know, I'm not cheap, and I, if I am the cheapest, then I'm fucking raising my prices straight up. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? a thousand percent. I, I am not trying to be affordable. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to do anything that you that people want. Like as far as like I'm, this isn't fucking Burger King. You don't get it your way. <laughs> you know, you you give me an idea. You give me some ideas of what you want. And then you let me create art or go find someone to do monkey see monkey do for you. Right. You know what I mean? And if at the end of the day, if uh, if if that dries up and that's not a part of my brand anymore, then I'll be good with it because I can always paint for myself and sell it. Right. right. You yep. know what I mean? I can paint a helmet, do whatever the fuck I want to do, put whatever character I want on it and put a price tag on it and it'll sell in a fucking Instagram story. So that's a thousand percent that's jerk a, off motion. That's a beautiful thing. Exactly. Hey, Jace, have you ever picked up a tattoo gun? Yes, I did. Uh, back in uh, 2006, yeah, 2006, I uh, I apprenticed for a couple of like a month or two. Yeah. Um, under a very shitty tattoo artist. Uh, hey. I didn't, I didn't learn much, and this was kind of like right when the industry was evolving like quick. Sure. Like 2006, now you had a couple of the TV shows coming out, like Cat Von D, yeah, Cat Von D, and the fucking Miami Ink stuff and all yeah. that shit. And so things were progressing so quick and then you had guys like nico hurata or however the fuck her Hurtado or something like that mm-hmm. you had guys that were doing this realism that was insane mm. and i as an artist i just wasn't prepared to go into that world sure and this is before like rotary machines like this is when like coil machines like you had to know how to fucking adjust and and, yeah. and, and whatnot to be able to get good lines for sure nowadays you just fucking throw some rubber bands around the shit yeah. plug it in and bam it's it's and like it weighs fun. half of like it's like sharpie yeah. on skin. It's exactly. just easy now. Yeah. It wasn't like that then, and so I did a couple. Uh, did it for a couple mm-hmm. months, and then you know didn't really like the shop. Had another guy start letting me kind of learn under him that was much better, but then he went to jail, and so I'm like fucked. And then I could do a badass tattoo with him sitting next to me because he can like all oh, the machines. All right, do this, and then bam, right. it's smooth again. It was just a very. Uh, it wasn't a great experience for me, and the art that I felt like I was doing at the time was not, um, fuck, how do you say it? Like, I'm just like, fuck, man, like, sorry. <laughs> no, you set a standard, and yeah, yeah. you weren't able to get to where you were trying to be? Yeah, that, and I just felt like uh, it, it wasn't like Airbrush where, you know, if, if I felt like I did a bad job, I could start over. Start you know over. Right, yeah, it's permanent. Yeah, yeah. So I only asked because the portraits that, were, uh, that he just showed me, man, man, if that would be a tattoo, fucking incredible. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. honestly, the concept of how I do portraits now is is basically how you would do a right. tattoo portrait. Um, I don't do color portraits because I haven't worked in color airbrush in so long. It's mm. so much different than, like, a black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I used to do a lot of lowrider stuff back in the day, like a lot of murals on hoods and shit like that. Never looking at them now, I'm like, I'm not posting that shit. <laughs> you know, back, then, uh, back then, I was fucking pretty proud of it. Right, and, uh, right. But I mean, I, I'm I'm thankful for all of it, man. You know, doing mm-hmm. all that kind of shit. The, the part of the lowrider industry that I was a very small part of time I was in there. The tattoo world that I got to be involved with. Um, at the end of it, you know, fucking sitting here like having a realization. It's like, goddamn, like. I've fucking lived a pretty dope life and a lot of shit. You, you know really have, yeah. You know, you've you've been able, you've been blessed to do a lot of great things. Yeah. Fuck yeah! I mean, it's 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 wild thinking about it, but I, and also, I mean, I feel like that's what made I don't know, it, it made the podcast when I started my podcast easier because I can carry conversations in so sure. many different realms, if uh, you will. I was yeah. gonna say kind of exactly like Graf, yeah. like Graf has like he knows a little bit about everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, it helps. Cause <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah, he's experienced a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, when, when you guys were talking like about everything. fucking Nissans and the NX, and yeah. he's like, oh, so you're a Nissan guy. I'm like, fucking graph. Yeah, red yeah. top, black top, <laughs> KA motor, <laughs> naturally <laughs> aspirated. Come on, boy. I mean, he don't yeah. fucking, uh, he don't have a fucking car, but Did he you have a 180 or 240? Yeah. I, I had, well, they all started as 240 <laughs> here, but oh. then uh, the 180s was the Sylvia conversion. No, the 180 is what the car was with the hatchback. The Sylvia was always the the coupe, mm-hmm. and so what the they would call Sil 80s when you take the front end off the uh, Sylvia coupe and put it on the essentially the 240SX mm. uh, hatchback version. And uh, we used to get all that shit, man. It was badass back in the day. Nowadays, every once in a while, I'll be driving down the highway and I'll see one. I'm like, hell yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all caged out, drift missile, beat oh, the yeah. shit. <laughs> it was wild, man. Like you know, not to go too far on a tangent, but you know. I always tell people like Fast and Furious was it was the movie that made me like being in a shop because I hated being in a shop up until that movie came out mm. and it glorified it to my age demographic to make mm-hmm. it look cool in there. All of a sudden now that dirty ass cabinet full of tools is like it was art. It was cool. It's badass. Mm. I wanted to go fucking explore. Oh shit. What does this do? Right. Oh, it's 14 and. Nine sixteenths, they're they're pretty similar, but they're not the same. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. yeah like Paul. one one day America will get on with the fucking metric system. Oh, fuck no, fuck no, no. Oh, not fuck this no. Texan. <laughs> oh hell no, nah. American like, standard, brother. Like Paul Walker has uh, a mansion out in Ensenada. Like had uh, had. Yeah. Well, his mom lives there now, okay. and like they're all his like all his cars and yeah. shit like that are like lined up in front of his pad. What he yeah. became? He Paul Walker ended up becoming a Nissan guy too. He Art. he wrote a. He drove a Skyline in part two, mm-hmm. um, and then that the Skyline was always the mecca of, of badass cars, for especially a Nissan guy like myself. And I got fortunate to work on some early on, like some R32s and stuff back mm-hmm. in the day in Texas. Um, it was a badass fucking opportunity. Uh, driving around in those things, right-hand drive, going to fucking Jack in a Box. and re- yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me get those tacos. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, it was always wild, man, but that that world of, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it was dope. I'm glad I had that experience, but it's nothing like uh, the amount of different things you can experience by being a motorcyclist. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. And uh, I always tell people traveling across the country, and you guys have you you've ridden you know long distances and stuff, so you know it's like it's you're just plugged into the world. You're plugged into every all your senses, your feeling, your smells, Shit. your your eyes are are taking in stuff. And I love road trips and cars. I don't get me wrong, but you know. I'll be on my phone once I get service, like fucking driving and checking Instagram. Like sure. on the bike, you're just plugged into mm-hmm. there and now. And I love that. I love the, that. The I, love that meme. I love that meme that he posted where uh, 
when you're riding the North Rim with your buddies and stuff like that, and it's a little kid like this. And wow. Like, <laughs> like, that's exactly how I felt when yeah, we were cruising yeah. in there. I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. I know. You, you went through Zion, like, just shortly after we did, too. Yeah, and I was yeah. like... Um, because it was cloudy when you were going. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad we had a great day. Yeah, <laughs> like that well, sucks for, me, for him. Yeah. For me, uh, like taking pictures and stuff. Like, uh, some clouds in the sky is better for photography. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, overcast just, is way it, better. It creates a uh, well. Overcast is better for lighting for sure. But when you just have like a little bit of broken up clouds, it mm-hmm. creates so much depth in photos. Mm-hmm. No, for to sure. Where you just get like more, uh, like you know, the background is just so much more uh, deeper looking. If sure. You will. No. One hundred percent. And I know that because of this fucking jabroni. He's like, oh, we got to get the, the great light. Well, sunset. Fuck. This motherfucker. They're the biggest pains in my ass. And I love them to death. For me, the long rides, it's the couple hours where, like, I'm just upstairs. I have cruise control in real life, but I'm upstairs fucking processing all the shit that I got bouncing yeah. around. And, like, I get off the bike and I'm like, cool. All right. Done with that shit. Let's get yeah. on to the next. Yeah, no. I mean, you work out your problems, man. Like, uh. It's kind of a biker saying where you you know every every hundred miles you're 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 peeling back a a layer of the onion of your mind of what you're what you're dealing with like when you first jump on the bike you're dealing with the problems of your here and now in life like oh man you know my kids got to go to school tomorrow clothes blah 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 rent how's mom doing and then mile two hundred you're you're starting to think about like some of the things that are you know maybe a month or two old or a month or two out right like oh shit what's going on I need to prepare for this in a couple of weeks. And then after five, six hundred miles on a day, man, you're sitting there thinking like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> Where the fuck am I going with myself? Am I really happy doing this? Is this is this cool or am I just fucking am start I being future selfish? tripping? Yeah. You know, like you start really kind of diving into so many different nook and crannies of your of your existence, if you will. And uh, and I you know, as Lexington is a sponsor of mine, I love their headsets and I always use them, but I sometimes on these long runs, I have a I enjoy the silence because it gives me the chance to kind of think, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Phone's not going off. I'm not checking Instagram every five minutes like a crackhead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm yeah just, there's times where I just mute my music too. Yeah. Fucking and just, just there with the road. Yeah. Fucking. For me, it's because my bike's so clapped out. I need to make sure the primary is <laughs> not blowing up. But, hey, what's that new, new rattle going on? Is yeah. That, yeah. Is that I, top or bottom? Hold on. Let me put my foot on that. That feels weird. Ah, fuck it. Yeah. Just turn the music it. back on. <laughs> We're going to write this motherfucker Sounds out. Sounds like the lifters are clicking. That's not good. Probably check the oil at the next gas stop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's what's fun about it. How was Idaho? That shit looks so good. Idaho is the best state. It's the most. I, I think I'm more mad at people that that's not talked about more. Mm, sure. It was the worst weather. We we got rained on almost the entire time. Still kicked almost every ass's road, every road's ass that I've ever ridden, you know. Even though, I, I will say this, we rode PCH coming back down from Monterey, Monterey again, and it, it never disappoints. It's always fucking beautiful, you yeah. know what I mean? Every Every time you dip back out of one of the canyons and come back around and see the vista, you're like, all right, that's badass. Talking about through Big Sur? Yeah, like Big Sur, all that shit. And the road is so fucking good. Yeah, it's good. I mean, you always want to try to catch it at the right time and not get stuck behind the fucking Road America thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've just also learned, like, you know, to instead of trying to rip it and see how fast I can do it, just fucking look and enjoy it and, you know, take it in, if you will. But Idaho, man, it's a badass time. And you know what's cool? I, I think they probably don't think it's cool, but... All those little mountain areas, like the Yellowstone, you know, 
fucking all those little Montana towns and Idaho towns that are kind of tucked in those mountains and shit. They're all kind of turning into little ski resort like gentrified kind of style towns. I like that shit <laughs> because the towns before it that only has a Dollar General and a gas station. That shit ain't fun to do when you're on your travel. We could show up to this next town. We got to pay more for a hotel, but they have shit to do in the town. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. like, they have restaurants that are open past 730. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So right. I dig that shit. Definitely. You know what I mean? And but it's good. I mean, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Yeah. I mean, if people don't like it, there's always another town. Just like if people don't like, you know, the way things are here, they can leave. So yeah, but I definitely don't like gentrification in San Diego because that shit's getting expensive for your boy. <laughs> <laughs> Might be making my way on out to Texas. Yeah, fucking up our economy. Get <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa! We can't afford it as it is, man. Yeah, that's what every Texan says. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, go well, back, motherfucker. It's not like California culture. Like people that are moving to Texas and bringing a little bit more of that culture mentality. I fucking love it. Right? Uh, we're not uh, Texas. Isn't as a uh, Cowboys rooting, tooting, you know, you know, don't kill those kids kind of vibe. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. not that, right? Not I'd say kill like abortions. Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. Uh, it's very much a normal place to be. Just like California has tons and tons of of ranches and 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 farming and things like that, and cowboys. Yeah, and, and nobody ever hears about it. Yeah, it's, it's just this this side of the culture overweighs that, but you know. We definitely have much more of a conservative mind when it comes to uh, like finances, like how we how things cost, how it is to 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 live and and things like that. The unfortunate side of it is that you also have a lot of that old mentality thinking of you know heavy religion, you know the abortion stuff, single issue votes. Yeah, so those things that honestly, man, like uh, you know. Even though there's plenty of gay people in in Texas, it's you know, and I don't think I think that's kind of getting off the table finally, mm-hmm. unless you're Chick Fil A, yeah, unless um, Chick Fil A, deep fried and homophobia, baby, yeah. still delicious, <laughs> still delicious. It's fucking good. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm fucking all for LGBTQIA plus all that. Yeah, but fucking Chick Fil A is good. What's good is good. You can't debate <laughs> it. I'm sorry. Exactly. So I mean, I think uh, I do. I do enjoy a lot of the culture coming out. I mean, it's it, we're getting good restaurants. We're getting. Right. Things like that. We we Dallas has always been a Dallas is like the in between of Austin and Houston. Houston's mm-hmm. hood is shit. Yeah. yeah. So that's your whatever you want to equate that to here. Uh, Austin is like Venice's shit. If right. That makes sense. The hipsterville. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then Dallas is kind of like in the middle. Like we we we're like more serious. We got a little bit of that gangster seriousness of like Houston, but that hey. Let's go hit a patio and fucking, you know, have a good time today. Oh, yeah. Vibe as well. And then, and then you know, we have zero riding. There's nowhere to ride. I've been to Dallas. So I took it when I came to California after I, I took a two and a half day Greyhound trip. Mm-hmm. And one of the stops was in Dallas. And I got off there to smoke a blunt. And I got approached by two dudes. I had like my duffel bag. And like they were like, hey, man, what are you doing here? I was like, mm-hmm. I'm on the Greyhound, man. Y'all trying to smoke? And they were like, just two dudes stopped, looked at me. They're like, Nah, you're good, man. They walked away. It was I was with it was me and this dude who was this kid was going back to College Station because he played ball at yeah. Baylor. Thank God I had him with me because yeah. he was like six five two forty. Good old boy. Yeah, yeah, but it was flat to yeah. say the least. It's flat. And, it, and no Greyhound Station is a pleasant place to be. Did you go the one through downtown Dallas? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. It was live close to that one. You can like see. Everywhere for miles and miles. Hey, Pascal, what's good, homie? <laughs> dude, and that's the dude that's built the exhaust for me. Nice. What's up, okay. stud? 
But yeah, so I I don't know much about Dallas outside of their Greyhound station. Well, Dallas Fort Worth is a kind of like a it's a metroplex. So you got Dallas County and Fort Worth and Tarrant County. Uh, mm-hmm. Fort Worth's like a lot cheaper. It's a lot more. It's it's a it's a dope vibe. Yeah, they, much more cowboy shit. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Dallas is a lot of big business, a lot of big industry there. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of corporations that are based out of Dallas. There's a lot of money in Dallas. Yeah. Right. Uh, housing in Fort Worth is much de- better. Um, it's just gotten to the point now where, you know, growing up in Dallas, like, of course, it's like in my day kind of shit. But, <laughs> you know, you used to be able to, you know, I had a loft in downtown Dallas that was player as fuck for 900 bucks. Woo! Looking out geez. the door, seeing the building. You know what I mean? Like badass shit. Um, sure. Now that same thing is going for like two grand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or rent houses, three bedroom, two baths, two car garage yeah. used to go for about a thousand, eleven hundred, twelve hundred. Yeah. Now it's like two grand. Yeah. Mm. So in less than five years, it's gone almost double in price, and that's kind of the only thing that's kind of been hard for a lot of people. For and the sure. property taxes keep going up everywhere because more people are moving into Texas, which you know raises property it's, tax. Yeah, it goes right up. Yeah. Yeah. Austin's always been higher than us. Mm-hmm. Austin's through the roof. Like. Well, Dallas has always been kind of more able, but the the scariest thing is like, uh, you know, with everybody moving there, you know, they start voting differently, and that's what sucks. That okay, so that's and what, that's what I've heard. that that's it, it makes no fucking sense to. Aren't me. you escaping? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And, and they're bringing it. So basically, California is a blue state. They're bringing that shit to Texas now. So the problem, you know, I think that the locals. I mean, you see this in Idaho a lot too, and Tennessee. It's like. Nobody has a problem with people coming there. Just realize why you came here and don't fuck it up. Yeah. You know, because next thing you know, Arkansas is going to be the shit. And we're going to have to all go to Arkansas to get away from the Texafornia or where the fuck, right. Cali, Texas, or how the <laughs> yeah. fuck you want to do it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Bro, I've heard Arkansas is dope anyway. It is dope. They got way better riding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Taylor, way, they got the dragon, right? No, no, no. They got pigtail. Pigtail. The Tell dra- Dragon is a uh, Tennessee, Tennessee right? and North yeah. Carolina border. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I went to Tennessee. It was Matt Rafa, too. I was about to say we we've been to Dallas. Fuck Dallas. We fucking stayed. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm we, saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it. I was we on throw the hands outside. We, I was at an down. airport. I was. We got kidnapped at Dallas, bro. We were stuck at an airport for fucking like how many hours? Well, pretty much all, all night. We 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 were <laughs> flying when Southwest went on fucking bang. Strike. You know what I mean? Strike uh, for COVID or whatever. Which. I mean, I dig it. If they went on strike because they don't want to get vaccinated, fucking yeehaw, motherfuckers. <laughs> I was cool. But, yes, we, we slept in the Dallas airport, and it was not fucking pleasant. Dustin goes, Dustin goes, I will never sleep on the floor. Five minutes later. Ow. But anyway, Tennessee, when we were out there. Yeah. Fucking, I was like, I want to fucking ride my motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tennessee. Which part did you go to? Nashville. 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 Nashville's yeah. dope, man. Yeah, it was really, really I mean, cool. it's a music city. Uh, obviously, there's just a, there's a lot of a lot of pilgrim hats on women out there. It's pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all see some of that? No, no. no. It was they Amish? Wear, they wear these big brim hats. No, it's just like white girl summer. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We there's, saw that. You're like talking about white claw summer. Yeah. White claw. Summer. Yeah, there you go. Kentucky Derby uh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's cool out there. I I, I yeah. dig it. Um, 
we've we fucked with that music scene we, out there. Uh, yeah, dude. This this fool fucking was great music like, scene. He was I'm, trapped. I'm moving. <laughs> I'm, mo- I'm moving to Nashville. Dog. I've heard Knox. So but on that Knoxville's Greyhound trip, Knoxville's too. dope. Yeah. But I went through Knoxville, Memphis, Nashville, Memphis, and no, no, Texarkana. Memphis is like Memphis Houston. Is it's Houston. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have a hard time there. I think yeah. we went. I think we went up that way, right? So we went to Louisiana, right? Yeah. We were in. Uh, yeah, we went through uh, New Louisiana, Orleans, Louisiana, through Mississippi, Mississippi. Through Mississippi. Mississippi's through, rad too. Cruised through Memphis and then came around into yeah. Nashville. It was pretty tight. Yeah, it's uh, the only thing for me is like uh, where we're at in Dallas. We still have all year riding. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does kind of get cold sometimes. We get in the 30s, things like that, but it doesn't last. I just I'm scared of going any further north. Period, because I I don't want to give up all year riding, but also. Mm-hmm. Our summers are shit. I mean, it's 107 degrees there right now. Holy shit. 95% humidity. 95% humidity. But if I go down to Austin, it's worse. Yeah. If I go down to San Antonio, it's worse. Corpus so, Christi. Yeah. There's okay, all those aspects. But there's also like, uh, since I travel so much, I also want to be able to, like from Dallas to LA is like 1,400 miles. So I'm like, cool. I got that figured out. Dallas to New York is 16, 1700 miles. Dallas to San Francisco. So being in the center of the country, like we have access to everything. Dallas everything. to Florida, 1,000 miles. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Um, what about Sturgis? Dallas to Sturgis is 1,100 miles. Are so, you going this year? No, nah, I'm going I'm to skip it. This this whole trip being gone a month. Uh, Damn. We'll see how my relationship looks when we get home. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, your wife yeah. is really fucking cool. No, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> she's cool, but she's she's not being cool. Uh, I, I have really. a friend that moved to Dallas, man, and he shows me pictures all the time, dude. He lives on a fucking lake, and it's fucking gorgeous. I have two friends. Fucking gorgeous. I have two brothers that just moved to McKinney. Yeah. And yeah. they're fucking stuck. They fucking hate. They're very, very conservative dudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they fucking hated it out here. They grew up in Chino. And they got out there and they're like, fucking free, brother. Yeah. 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 McKinney's a nice area. It's expensive as fuck up there, though. Yeah. I live on the south side of town. You know, it, the south side of every town is shit. Come so on. That's, <laughs> that's right up my alley. You fit right in. I love it. <laughs> but yeah. Um, no, Texas is rad. It, it, there's a lot of good. It, it, put it like this. Every state is rad. Everyone, you just got to go to the state and let the state be what it is. Mm-hmm. It's not California when you go to Texas. It's not this. It's not that. It's Texas. So how do you go to a state and and plug into their what what is good about that state? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so sometimes that's the bar scene or the or the food scene or the music scene. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's the writing. Sometimes it's just uh, the history. You know True. what I'm saying? So you got to find it. I mean, for me. Riding through certain parts of Oklahoma and Kansas, it became about the history of that that made it interesting to me, right? What's some Oklahoma and, and Kansas history? It's old Indian shit. Okay. Comanches, sure. things so like I'm that. I'm into that kind of shit, too. So a lot of that stuff took place there. So it's like, you, you know, yeah, you're riding across a cornfield and it's fucking nothing going on. But you're like, some motherfuckers. There's, mother- some, there's some shit that went down right here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and some, you know, people moved west and this was, it was harder to get through the plains than it was the mountains for yeah, people traveling. Was. Mm-hmm. So like, and now I'm I'm I hate it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this sucks. This is this is stupid. But it's kind of like paying respects to like the people that that paved the way in this country for us, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you really get back down to yeah. it. Yeah, and so sure. like it's just history. You know, railroad towns, Dodge City, fucking wider, yeah. shit I'm like that. Fucking down for that. So you got to find these kind of reasons why. Like, why is what's I'm looking for a reason for North Dakota right now. I haven't rode in North, North Dakota yet, but I'm like, okay, there's got to be why not? Why not? Freezing's the reason. Yeah, there's <laughs> got to be something about North North Dakota that's going to uh, be like, yeah, North Dakota's got a little dope 
scene of this or that or w- mm-hmm. there's got to be something there right mm-hmm. i met i sold bikes at sturgis last year and i'm going again this year and i met people from north dakota and they sound like the most canadian as oh, close yeah. to canada as you can get and like they're all they're like oil riggers yeah. they're all a bunch of roughnecks and I was like, so what is there to do up there? Oh, fucking nothing, eh? Fucking, you know, ride your Harley every now and then. Fucking go back out on a rig. I'm like, oh, fuck, okay. All right. Yeah, strip and clubs probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll go to the whorehouse. <laughs> nice. <laughs> fucking, yeah. Just roughnecking, corn-fed white dudes. That's all yeah, I ever yeah. met from North Dakota. That Well, most of them come from Texas. <laughs> That's true. I mean, y'all got that going on, too. Yeah. You got Big Dog drilling out there. Oh, yeah. West Texas has always been a, a you know, Hell, all of Texas. I mean, all of our buddies that do our trips with us work in the oil industry. Or our East Texas buddies do, you know, Jaden here is from Dallas. Uh, our other buddy, James, he's um, he's in finance. He, he works for, like, Wells Fargo. And then we have another buddy from Dallas. It's, uh, he's an airplane, airplane mechanic. Um, so us, we're the Dallas guys. And then the East Texas guys, like, hey, what do y'all do? Uh, oil field. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a Derek Hen. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So... That's kind of it's all big business. And Houston's a lot of oil money. There's a lot of offshore rigging down there, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of companies that that work for that inside of the industry. You know, Chopper House. You ever heard of Chopper yeah. House? Yeah, H A U S House. Yeah, they uh, they make motorcycle parts, but they also they have like fifty plus CNC machines, and ninety percent of the time they're running stuff for the oil industry, oil rigs and shit like that. Oh so, shit, got paid to play. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So when that's down, they start making more bike parts, and they kind of like just keeping the machines running all the time. Right. So, so when did the podcast start? I'm, I know I'm reeling it way fucking oh, yeah. back. We've been going off the Richter. Um, the podcast started in January of 2018, and uh, it started. You know, I was on my friend Danger Dan's podcast. He he invited me on in 2017 in March, and yeah, I've heard of Rogan, but just like everybody listens to podcasts or thinks, I saw like three fucking hours like <laughs> yeah. where do i have three hours and you know in hindsight i didn't think i had three hours because i thought i was gonna watch it like a movie right and i'm like okay well i did this podcast and i listened to the one i was on or actually i listened to a couple before i went on just to see what it was like mm-hmm. did his podcast and then um immediately got hooked on rogan i had known rogan i'd see his clips on youtube and shit but immediately every day rogan on the radio while i was working and then um Listening to some other motorcycle podcasts, Rusty Butcher had a pretty good one out. He didn't do too many with it, but it was it was pretty good content when it came out. Uh, my friend Danger Dan was doing badass shit. And then at the end of the year, one of my buddies was like, uh, FXR Mike was like, dude, you should do a podcast too. And I'm like, really? Hmm. <laughs> and at the time, my brother worked for me, and I was like, well, what if, what if I, I'll start it, I'll finance it, I'll get it off the ground, I'll buy the equipment, and I'll let my brother go do the podcast, like when you got to go somewhere, right? If someone comes to Dallas, I'll sit in or whatever. You know what I mean? I really did start the podcast for my brother. Um, but I'm also very, like, has to be 100%. You know what I'm saying? And uh, whether my brother was or wasn't, he probably says he was. I'll say he wasn't kind of situations. Sure. I just said, you know what? If I'm going to put my name on it, I'm just going to do it, right? So he helped out quite a bit for the first year and a year and a half or so. And then eventually we just kind of parted ways with, with him being a part of the podcast, if Mm -hmm. you will. Um, But yeah, I mean the uh, kicking it off, it was just like, okay, man, I remember we did like a podcast with with FXR Mike and it was just, it was gold. And then our computer took a shit (laughs) afterwards. Uh. So then I like sold three helmets. This is how cheap they used to be to go get a $1,500 MacBook at the time. (laughs) Fuck. 
So I, 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 I sold three helmets. He gave me the money up front, and then I went and bought the MacBook, and then we went and did uh, – we went down to Houston and did some with, with my other buddies. We didn't release them because we were still kind of, like, doing them, but just figuring it out, if you will. And then uh, I'm, I've always been real close with Simpson, so I hit up Scott there and said, hey, uh, can I come down and can you do this podcast? And so he's, he was down. He came down – or we went down there. We did the podcast, got back home with this recorded wave file, and I'm like – all right, how do we do this? <laughs> you know, and I, I remember my wife was out of town when I got back from that trip. And uh, I hit up my brother who lived down the street. And I was like, hey, man, we need an intro. So I remember it was me, him, and Saxon uh, sitting in the room. And uh, I was like, man, I wanted to have like a porn sound, like like, <laughs> wah, wah, like that kind of vibe, even okay. though I don't think it sounds like that or anything. No. But I also wanted it to have like a, uh, like the intro to Machete vibe yeah you know what i mean yeah clint tarantino yeah like that kind of vibe and then i i don't think it sounds like any of that shit but it (laughs) ended up being like we found some free little chime some little thing and then we got my brother because he was all he's the one that the the musically he he used to he does make music and shit so he knew how to do all this shit on the computer and so we just kind of in the room just made the intro to the podcast and i was like and of course you sit around with your buddies and you start joking i was like yeah Hey, what if we use the hey, you guys ready to let the dogs out <laughs> from uh, you know, hangover? Yeah. And let's put that in there and then you say the fast side and then you loop that shit throughout the thing. And so we made that little intro, right? And I'm like, fuck, like that's dope. And then I so I have this and then I have the intro. And at the time, we just recorded the intro together and it sounded like it was the stupidest thing in the world, is what it sounded like compared to what we do now, right? So I had this whole thing now. He he mixed it. I didn't know how to do that shit at the time. Then he gave me the MP3 file, right? Or I think it's a wave now. I don't know. Whichever file it is you upload. So he gave me the whole file. So I went home, and I was like, okay, so how do I get this on iTunes? <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. All right, so doing YouTube and, and all these different things. and it, Somewhere it said something about needing a website. So I was like, fuck. All right, so I had a little bit of money, so I just paid for a, a – I should have done Squarespace, but I ended up doing a WordPress and then I'm like, okay, how do I put this together? So that night I, I built a website, didn't know what I was fucking doing, created a, got with an account called Libsyn. That gave me the RSS feed that I need to then sell, or not sell, but like pitch it to, because essentially it used to be you pitch it towards um, iTunes and then they approve it and then they'll start, basically all podcast apps are just searching for RSS feeds. So when I put an RSS feed out with the episode, then Spotify picks it up and so and so and so, right? Mm-hmm. And so we started, you know, got that out, and then that Libsyn account put it to all these other places, and then it started doing on Apple, and then we had to do something else to get on Google Play, and then Spotify and Stitcher and all these other ones, and then YouTube, and I mean, it was if if you asked me to do it again today, I have no fucking clue how to do it how to get like the podcast off the ground. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was like three or four in the morning when it finally uploaded and everything was done. And I'm like, Oh, I guess here I it guess is the podcast <laughs> out now. Right. And then, um, you know, just I always tell people the, the hardest thing for anybody to do with, um, like doing a podcast is to keep doing it. Right. Every day that like, you know, every day I, I said this on the podcast with uh, Ray at the, sh- the showcase, I feel at least once a month or at least 10 times a year, like, why the fuck am I doing this? 
I feel stupid. I feel like, oh, that was a horrible podcast I did last night. I got too drunk on it. <laughs> I know you guys don't have that problem, but <laughs> yeah, you know, you you just feel like you you you're. Why do people listen to this? That's what I think all the time. But then, yeah, I log into my shit. I see how many people downloaded that podcast. I see all these stories that people post about what that podcast did for them, and it's like, fuck. I, I guess you know. And then it, it, every month, it's more people listening to it. So it's like this constant reminder, like, yeah, just keep doing it. You're gonna have bad podcasts. You're gonna have slumps. I realized that like doing four podcasts a month for going on five years now, there's times when I'm in a very, very dark place mentally and I'm still doing episodes with people and it comes off. 2018 was the hardest year of my life. I started the podcast. I, I had a, uh, I had my buddy, I sold a bike and then my buddy let me borrow a bike and I rode it to HPI and it got stolen there. Fuck. So even though it all worked out at the end where, you know, his insurance paid, I just had to pay the deductible, it's still morale. Stung. <laughs> I've never in my life had accidents in cars. I, I wrecked two cars that month, that year. Uh, I got audited by the IRS. Ugh. Um, I, I, I was driving a van, and I was like, man, the gas prices are getting retarded, so I'm going to sell it. Because uh, I got audited, so I had to start pay, may, paying all this money back to the, on, on IRS. So I was like, well, I'm going to sell the van, get a car. Sell the van, buy a car. Always wanted an Acura Legend TL or hey. Acura Tell, so TL. Picked one up. Fucking on the ride home. He was in the car behind me. Wrecked it. Oh, my God. And then it was it was like it, it had bald front tires. So it kind of it was raining. I stopped and it just fucking locked up and slid. Didn't do shit to the car in front of me, but the chick ended up claiming that, you know, ended up getting like a $25,000 deal off my insurance. That fucked up my insurance for years. So as much as 2018 was like the worst year of my life, I started the podcast in 2018. I met all my best friends in 2018. We started the camp out in 2018. Um, you know, it's 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 one of those good with the bad. Like, you just kept pushing through it. We, we had a big fallout with a close friend. It was a part of our group that that created a lot of drama and tension between Dallas Fort Worth with, with sides. Um, that was all going on, and you could hear it in my podcast. You can also hear me like cry laughing, like <laughs> you know, yeah. just, like, <laughs> just getting all, through it. It's all it's all blowing up behind me, but here we are. You know what I mean? So, I feel yeah. like I'm having I'm not having one of those years yet, but I feel like it could be because like yeah. quit the job and like we're I'm just gonna make it work. Yeah. Like I don't fucking care. I just don't, I'm tired of working for somebody else when I know how creative and driven I fucking am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I'd rather do it now when I'm 32 than be fucking 42 and be like, fuck, I wasted that opportunity. Yeah. I'd rather fall on my fucking face this year. I mean, this trip right now, this, this month long trip is to essentially really kick off, like trying to put more energy into the podcast and less energy into paint now. So I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to paint shop for the rest of my life. I want to, uh, I'd like to my my dream goal, and I'll put it up here for everybody still. Um, <laughs> I want to, I want a studio. I want people to come to the Fast Life studio and buy a T shirt or a helmet or a Lexan and see where we do these podcasts. and And um, I want that. I want I want to wake up every day and go to work clean. I've been in the paint and body shop my whole life, covered in glitter, co- covered in glitter, glitter, washing my hands with thinner. I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna achieve this goal. And then get skin cancer <laughs> right after the shit. That's probably what's going to end up happening to me. Fuck. So, I mean, but how rad is this that you're on? You're doing a you called it a podcast run. Like I'm going to see all my homies 
from Washington down to the fucking border, yeah. TJ, and I'm going to do shows the whole fucking time. Well, I mean, I've done this many times. I've, I've come through San Diego. This is now the second time I've been here doing podcasts, even though I'm on yours. Um, I've come to California seven different times to do podcasts. I've gone all over the place to do podcasts. So, You mean to tell me there's more podcasts than just ours? Well, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> no, no, like doing them. Right. Yeah. So, uh, well, that I mean, to in my opinion, like if, if you want to uh, – in order to get nationwide, in my opinion, yeah, you put a podcast out, people find it because of Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. But when you go do a podcast with a guy in Michigan, that guy in Michigan has, he has people. All yeah. his homies. Yeah. All his homies yeah. are going to listen to the podcast. And then you might not get all of them hooked, but you're going to get some of them hooked. And then so that helps spread it there. And then now you're in Iowa. So you got to do that to build your audiences in all these areas. I mean, you can rely a lot on social media to do it for you, but when your brand gets to a certain point, your brand has to be represented there. Mm. You know, our camp out is a good place for guys like you, even though uh, we'll have a kick-ass time at your camp out next year. You can show people how to have a good time. And I think that's probably, that's why I'm scared to stop drinking. Straight up. Everybody is. You know, I'm like, man, I I don't know if I can have the same kind of fun. Can I still have fun? You know? Yep. So. I can have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was... (laughs) That that's that was my train of thought when I got clean. I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna be one boring motherfucker. Yeah. And that's and that's why we created so much shit because I don't wanna be bored. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't wanna be a square. I wanna, I wanna have fun. Yeah. I mean you're doing stuff right. Yeah. So I mean as you're you're I mean you, you got great the clothing stuff, the fucking name is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. You know what I mean? I remember seeing it a couple times through like just following uh Mr. Papa Juan over here. The El Gallo. Yeah. Me bored. I mean, it's fun looking. You know what I mean? It, uh, it it's got the right kind of vibe cross uh, crossing over Instagram. And so, you know, the trip you guys all did together was was dope as hell. And I started kind of catching on to everything. But yeah, when you start going further, and, and I, it's so hard to tell people in California, like, there's more out there. Yeah, it is. Right? There's this wasteland you got to go traverse <laughs> through. Yeah. But once you get to the other side of it, you're gonna find people that are so stoked that you came to them and showed them your scene and your culture to them. Instead of them all having to take it through social media. You know what I mean? It means a lot to, I mean, the 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 other side of the Rockies is full of people that are into this shit too. You know what I mean? And they don't get to, they're not as, I, I guess you could say lucky. They don't have Oceanside down here that has rad-ass bikes going up and down the road, down the beach. Yeah. They don't get to come to a dealership like this where there's fucking a stunt show here. Right. right. They're going to a stereo competition at their shit. Like, talk about. You know, like when you think about like rap in the '90s, how you know it fucked with the suburb kids, uh, suburban kids all over the country that just didn't fucking identify with Hank Williams Jr. at the time. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or, or Guns and Roses or shit like that. Right. You know? I mean, I fucking love all that now. But yeah. In the '90s, I was like, you know, fuck you, mom. Public I'm enemy. about it. About it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm fucking this no limit. I'm a no limit soldier, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Dead. Oh, Damn. <laughs> That's funny as fuck. Bro. Where are you from? Death Row, baby. Yeah. yeah dude. <laughs> so, I mean, if you think about it in that kind of sense, then yes, you can have a great business and just rely on the West Coast. But you we can don't also, want to. <laughs> if you, I feel like in order for it to be, it to be where it, I mean, it, it, I don't know. It could be just fine with this, right? But. You're going to have fun when you start going to these places, and especially as a brand. These people get to come out, and, and 
these cities will provide. If they know you're coming, they're like, dude, let's host a fucking bike night for the let's fucking go guys. They're coming through. They're let's let's go. And they're bringing ten homies. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ten degenerates are and fucking so coming on clap wagons. When you ride like you have, like you do the 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 St. George and up there, but pick another spot and go a little bit further, and then watch I'm out. Goosebumps, motherfuckers. Yeah, I know that's what I was going to talk about. So I mean, maybe the next stop be Dallas. Hey, <laughs> yeah, we'll fucking show you a good time. Yeah. Shit. Or you can watch us have a hey drunken good time. Oh, we'll laugh. I mean, some some of the guys that ride yeah. with us, and that's what's cool about our group. Yeah, we're clean, sober, or whatever. But there's yeah. guys that come around with that. You know, they yeah, yeah. they're normies. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And I mean, yeah, we do our bike night at a bar. You know, but at the same time, we're all standing outside around the on, around the bikes. Yeah. I, every once in a while, like I, I go through my phase <coughs> where like I don't want to drink tonight. I'm just gonna get some tacos, hang out, drink a little bit of water, soda, or some shit like that. Right. And I, I try not to drink that much. I don't want to go down there and get fucked up and then thirty mile ride home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shit like that. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I that's the to me that's the way to do it. My friends and our trips that we do that that's helped my brand so much because yes, I would do it whether I had them or not. Doing it with them shows people are interested in that. People are really motivated by friendships and stuff because yeah. I feel like uh. Uh, I, I talk about this a lot amongst my friends. All I, I, our friends, we hold each other accountable for shit. Like, we have a bike night this weekly, and it's on Tuesday, and none of us, um, honestly, never miss it, even when it's snowing, even when it's raining, because it's like we don't want to leave one homie that is going out there that does look forward to seeing us and having fun, you know, decompressing from home life or kids or work. Like we, I always say, like you have to treat your friends. You have to put it in the same category as your wife. And I would never say that in front of my wife. Ever. But if you want great relationships in life, you have to put in the effort and energy into it. You can't do it at your convenience. Everything in this world that you do at your convenience will only be convenient to you at its convenience. So true. if you want to have great friends, you got to fucking work on it. And you got to do it when you don't want to. You foster those relationships. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that's one of those things. And some friends, they don't, they don't, you know, they come around and they don't want to put that much energy into it. And they're still homies. But this circle right here that we have, the smaller one, it doesn't cost you anything but your time and your attention to be a part of it. And sometimes that's one thing that people have a hard time giving up. Trust me, our old ladies. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're going to hang out with Jace, huh? Yep. Yeah. Sure am. How about this, though? Do you ever run into this where, like, we have developed a huge community of friends that support us in the clothing brand side of things. Like yeah. fostering all those relationships is fucking taxing. I think doing something like what you got, maybe that is yeah. where everybody, you know where I'm going to be on Tuesday. I'm going to be at the fucking bike night, bro. Come say yeah. what's up. Yeah. I mean, it that helps. might have to be it. Uh, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think I, I didn't think about that at purpose. I used the bike night as a selfish reason why I wanted to go do this stuff. Okay. You know, and it's like, yeah, if you want to come hang out, come on. And I, the guys will tell you, I'm, I can be an asshole sometimes with uh, because I'm, I'm I'm coming to the bike night to be Jace on a bike, not the Fast Life Garage or the podcast. Oh. You know what I mean? So every once in a while you get a fanboy out there and it's kind of weird. I mean, I'll take the free drink 100 percent, but I'm not good at in person, be, especially when people listen to it through a podcast. Right. Yeah. You sit here. They know everything about you. And you don't know them at all. And I don't know them at all. And they, a lot of times people want to have 
they want to d- dive into a, a conversation they heard on episode 240 at one hour and 15 minutes. And I have no fucking clue what episode that is or what that conversation is. Mm. And that's where the disconnect kind of sucks because they're so invested and I'm, Hey, what is your name? You yeah. Know what I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's a hard, it's a hard relationship to, to kind of have. And unlike someone like Rogan, who is on an astronomically different level, he doesn't. He's not in a place where he's going to go have that conversation with some random dude, right? right? So he's hanging out with his other dudes that he's hanging out amongst his friends, right? Mm-hmm. His, mm-hmm. his world. So it's a little bit easier for him probably not to be an asshole. Yeah. You know? And, and it, you're never going to make everyone happy. Yeah. I'm very fortunate that, like, where we're at right now, I can, I can remember everyone's name. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then we have a lot of dudes that are just, like, stoked to be part of. So... It's just it's a it's a weird dynamic to traverse. It is. It's fucking. You're, and I just gotta. I always try to tell myself that you're always. No one's ever gonna be always happy. But you just be continue to be who you are and yeah. genuine, and that that'll speak for itself. Oh, 100 percent. Well, my man, I feel like we kept you hostage long enough. I just want to go out and just say like, you doing this for us, like you def- definitely did not have to, and we couldn't be more fucking grateful. Well, you know, I was when uh, you reached out, I was like, fuck, I don't know if I'm gonna be all the way down in San Diego, and then um. The more I thought about it, it's like, man, I don't really get, I do get asked me on podcasts, like Four for the Road, good friends of mine, they have asked me on, uh, Two Lane Life doesn't really do a podcast, but they do like a show. And I always think to myself, like, man, nobody ever asked me to be on a podcast. Am I not cool? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then when you guys did, I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to be down there. I was like, well, fuck, I, I want to be on other people's shows. Right. You know what I mean? I, I want to be able to, if anything I have successfully on a podcast could bleed over into other people's and. I feel like that's my job to help. I mean, I feel like if I was ever, if my show or my brand was ever to get to the level of like Jesse James, right? And just being on somebody's show or, or helping out someone's event, I don't have to, it's not costing me a dime, but it's helping them with something that I provide. Like, fuck yeah, I owe it to that. I owe it to the industry to do that. So, hey, and we'll be here to pay it back yeah, however sure. we fucking can, bro. For sure, man. Listen, so we always give the uh, guests the opportunity to pick their song they want to go out to. You you want some George Strait or something? Fuck no. Fuck <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what you got? Let me see. I was listening to something this morning that was good. Uh, let's go with Cody Jinks, Hippies and Cowboys. That's, That's right. right. Love that <laughs> shit. Hold on. So, let me. Got to get paired up coming here. coming to San Diego soon, too. Once again, thank you, San Diego Harley, for putting us on. This has been a fucking really cool experience for us. For sure. Thank you for coming out, man. It's fucking tight. Yeah. Thanks We're, for asking, man. We want to we, we wanna do a trip. We can get 15 guys to ride out to Dallas, no problem. Yeah. We yeah. won't do that to you, though, because we don't even bring 15 degenerates <laughs> to your house. Well, I'll tell you what. You guys, you three at least, come in. I, cause yeah. I only got four mics. Y'all come and do the, the Fast Life podcast live. <sighs> you Say, fucking kidding me? I love you. Say less. Yeah. <laughs> Juan, you coming? <laughs> hey, he doesn't ride. Are y'all dude. hungry? He he fucking I'm ride. trying to get some fucking tacos. Oh, you're gonna get one of these burritos. Yeah, it's been another episode burritos, of the LG 1904 show. What the fuck is my life turning into? God damn. Well, I started on the whiskey pretty early this morning. That's alright. I was up all night. But I passed out before the sun came up I really wanted to see one